They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, here with my good friends, the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Bangor, Maine, as still. No one has downloaded the podcast in the state of Maine. I don't know what you guys are doing up there, but you're missing out as far as I'm concerned. Uh, our third member of the panel tonight, very good friend of the show, Josh Prep Aguina. Welcome back. Yes, sir. It is very good <laughs> to have you. Uh, first thing I'm going to say right out of the gate is we have launched a new show as part of the Matt Madness family, Falls Count Anywhere. It is hosted by Derek McCauley and Russ D'Agostino. <clears throat> you can find it right now only on Podbean. Hopefully within the next week or so, you'll be able to find it on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Uh, we will be plugging the show on our Facebook page and our Twitter. So you can find it there. Give them a listen. They will be talking about everything that happens outside of WWE. So whatever you don't hear on this podcast, you will hear on Falls Count Anywhere. Then to the biggest story, I guess, in the wrestling world. We are coming out of WrestleMania weekend. The three of us were lucky enough to be in attendance. Uh, the first thing I want to say is I was actually... I don't think I realized how overwhelmed I was about it until we were actually leaving to go. Like I was in Orlando on Friday and Saturday as well as Sunday. And we went to the Hall of Fame... We went to NXT TakeOver. We went to Access. And for whatever reason, it didn't feel like it was. Uh, I was there for WrestleMania. And then when we left the hotel to go, I was like, I can't believe it. I'm going to be at WrestleMania like very shortly. And I got overcome with emotion a few times. The first half of the show, I would guess I teared up at least five to ten times. The first half of the show. Like, I just couldn't really contain it. Ric Flair Jr. of here. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what I felt like. Like, I was, I, I just couldn't control it. So, an unbelievable experience to be there live. I felt really lucky that I got to be there for that WrestleMania. It was a very good show. I've been critical about WWE for their overbranding of everything. Like, they got to name everything a stupid name. And also their lack of imagination with their set design. Everything just looks like Raw or SmackDown. One. I criticized the Ultimate Thrill Ride moniker, but they really came through and built a set that fit that name, and it was maybe the best set we've seen. Has, has there been a better set for WrestleMania than that? Um, not that I remember, not that creative. Yeah, I thought they did an unbelievable job. The ramp was unbelievable. The pyrotechnics and fireworks, and it was just unbelievable. I, I tip my hat to WWE. I think for all the, the negative that we say about them over the course of the year, I felt like they really delivered for us on Sunday. So I appreciate it. I feel lucky to have been there. Uh, Josh, this is your first WrestleMania as well. What were your thoughts on – you spent the whole week down there. What were your thoughts on the week in Orlando and actually experiencing the show for the first time? So, going to the city of Orlando is extremely overwhelming. <laughs> uh, the traffic, all the tourists. But uh, when I finally started doing wrestling things on Thursday, like you say, you didn't really get 
as excited as you were till Sunday. But from Thursday all the way till the moment when I had to run back to my car and then run back yeah. to the stadium, I was excited, like, beyond belief. And then I <laughs> sat down, and I, was, I looked at my brother, and I'm like, we're really here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was incredible just to know that you're around so many people that have the same passion that you have. It was, it was a sight to see, and it was memorable, very, very memorable week. Yeah, it was like an infectious environment. Mm-hmm. Like, we were at that burger place, Graffiti whatever, I can't remember what it was called. Graffiti Junction. Graffiti Junction, very good burger, mm-hmm. and good beers as well, but they were playing the wrestling music there, and everybody, it was like a party that everybody was invited to, was yeah. out. Closed the block off for us. Yeah, closed the entire block down, that whole strip. Um, and you, you also, though, were just like, oh my god, I'm at WrestleMania. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was so... A lot of people, when you hear about other people's, you know, thoughts on going to these big events, they always say that they're too long. And I can say that, yeah, I tailed off at the end and, like, I got tired. But, you know, something would happen, whether it was, you know, Naomi winning that picked me right back up, Mm -hmm. you know, to where I, I was still, you know, so happy to be there. Yeah, it's long, but it was definitely worth it. Yeah, Alo, your thoughts on your first WrestleMania? Overwhelming, and, uh-huh. and you won't get any sleep. It's <laughs> it's a real stressful process at times. You're happy, but it's stressful. But I enjoyed myself overall, overall because we always say that wrestling fans are hiding mm-hmm. all the time, and it's not like the cool thing to do. But WrestleMania is a w- one time of the year where everybody everybody comes out and they show yeah. they, they finally actually get the chance to express themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it was so great just to walk down the street, literally every street, and see. D- WrestleMania sign they were and people wearing wrestling shirts and walking down the street giving somebody a too sweet. Yeah, people cutting promos <laughs> on each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like restaurants playing wrestling music and you could just uh, mark out and do the dance to the song. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't feel like a complete idiot. Exactly. It's okay. It's okay to be an asshole. Look like an asshole. And it, may, it makes people like you more when you do. That. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a completely fun atmosphere. Full of hype beasts, right, Josh? Oh, hype beast, <laughs> beast city. That you know, coming. Saturday when we're there and we're just chilling. Hours after the Royal Ones drop out, we saw about two or three people wearing them, which is fine. <laughs> Wear your shoes, people. Yes, <laughs> but Jesus Christ! Hype beast, city was running wild. The shirts coming, the shirts coming soon. But I enjoyed myself. I. I really did. It was fun. If we have, if we go back next year, I know what to do and what not to do. And access is somewhat of a ripoff, but I, I'll get to that. I can get to that later if you want. But <laughs> overall, I enjoy. Overall, I really enjoyed myself and the, just the spectacle of actually being like when we first got to our seats. I was just like, oh my god, like we're like we're like really here. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're like really here. And then, like you said, they actually took us on the ultimate thrill ride, like. Starting off with the crew from the pre ship, the cruiserweight title match. That was a great match. And then we got um, the, the match between Shane and AJ. Then the Hardys come back. And, and the, the basically the stopping the stopping point of the thrill ride is the last match for the Undertaker, supposedly. Yeah. So they actually took us on an ultimate thrill ride. And that whole um, tired point, yeah, of course you're going to get tired. Because Laugh Text was saying, oh, well, the Triple H and Raw match is kind of quiet. Perfect, he picks that match to say yeah. something. <laughs> at, at that point, was that. We're just was, waiting for it. But honestly, at that point, you're sitting there for five hours. Who wouldn't be tired sitting there, five, sitting there for five hours? Yeah, it's a long day. We were in that seat for basically eight hours. Uh, luckily, it was a little later in the day, so we weren't out in the blistering sun for most of that time. 
I know I was having a rough time <laughs> walking to the stadium. I think we oh all were. Gosh. We walked like a mile to the stadium, which was smart because we didn't hit that traffic, but still. Yeah, we, we made out in that. Uh, it definitely paid off at yeah. the end. <laughs> Uh, and to, to your point about them taking us on the ultimate thrill ride, I remember I did unsanctioned with, Tom, I believe it was Tom Scully. I, don't, I did so many unsanctions in March. <laughs> I, I'm losing track of them, but I think it was Tom Scully. And we were talking about WrestleMania and how special it is. And I said, you know what? I said, do you still think it's as special? I said, because I can remember like WrestleMania 3 or WrestleMania 4 or WrestleMania 5 or 10 or 12 or whatever, it felt different from any other wrestling you watched. And then we got to maybe like the last eight to ten years, and with the exception of a couple, I feel like it's just another extension of the WWE you watch every week. It, it It's a big event, but nothing about it felt special to me. And I felt like they it was the first time in a while that I was like, WrestleMania feels special to me. It's almost like I was like a kid who stopped believing in Santa Claus. So Christmas lost some of its magic... And then, like, all of a sudden I found out Santa Claus was actually real. That's kind of how I felt on Sunday. Wait, Santa um, Claus isn't real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying whether he's real or not. Okay. But some people some people lose faith in Santa. Are Agent Christian brothers? They are, as far as we know. Okay. <laughs> um, That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we all pretty much across the board enjoyed WrestleMania. I wondered when we were there, am I only enjoying this so much because I'm here? But from the feedback I got from people watching at home... Everybody else was enjoying it just as much as we were. Uh, so to me, that tells me it must have been a good show. Because I know everybody's not at home trying to find reasons to act like it's good. So the biggest thing that happened at WrestleMania, I would say, is we got one big surprise, but we got the end of an era, finally. <laughs> the Undertaker, people have been saying he should have left two years ago and three years ago. I think he's finally officially done now. He loses to Roman Reigns in a match that was not great, but I feel like they he did the best he could. Roman did the best he could to try to carry the match. I just have to say, this is a guy we, we all get kind of caught up in when these guys leave, like with the thank you chants and all you deserve it and all these things. This is a guy who literally lived his character for the last two and a half decades. Like, has not... He's just not, the only, with the exception of him being the American badass, he's played this guy who's the dead man. He doesn't act like a real human being. You know, you don't see him out in the real world. He's not on social media. You don't see the real guy, and then he's this guy on Raw. He just was that character for all this time. He gave us a ton of entertainment. So, yes, we do have to say thank you to The Undertaker. the Maybe the best character ever created in wrestling been around for a really long time I just think I felt privileged that I got to be there for the end of the era with The Undertaker Alo, I know you're a bigger Undertaker fan than most, than anyone else on the show did you go into this believing this was his last match and how did you feel as he kind of officially showed us that he was on his way out Well, going to this Wrestlemania we, we, we got the tickets before we knew with the car because WrestleMania always sells itself, mm-hmm. basically. So when the car started, started to come out, I was like, okay, this, is, this isn't that... Well, me, I was the only one I was really high, high, high on the car. I was like, okay, this car isn't that bad. And luckily, we were privileged to see great things in, mm-hmm. speci- in spe- well, WrestleMania, quote-unquote, WrestleMania moments at this show. And me being the biggest fan of the Undertaker on the show, that man deserved 
Everything. Mm-hmm. Like if we if, if that chant went on for an hour, I would have stood there. <laughs> because that guy It got close. Yes. <laughs> like Dan Taker, he met I call him the ultimate professional of wrestling. Because there's nothing there's no one that was more selfless than the Undertaker. I, I, I'll complain on this show. My Lord, they had him do everything, and he was willing to do it. They sent him out there to put over Nathan Jones. They sent him out there to put over Heidenreich. They sent him <laughs> to put over the great Kali. Anybody knew. They, he went out there and did his job with no complaints. And he was only, I believe, a, uh, maybe a five- or six-time world champion. I know, I know it was four times on a WWE championship. Wise, but he didn't need a title. He was just the perfect character, and he was so basically larger than life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, I believe they were saying he was probably the ultimate sports entertainer, sports entertainer in WWE history. Yeah, and or the ultimate, the best performer. And I can honestly, arguably, anybody argue between between him and Shawn Michaels because the guy that side doing they're doing that stuff. The only reason I would give it to Takers because he did it longer than Michaels mm-hmm. did. So. He said he he's gonna be met if he if this is if they, if he is completely gone which I believe he is because he's getting his whole hip, hip replaced so mm-hmm. you got to I'm kind of have to assume that he's gone but if he's gone he's gonna be drastically missed because it did not matter he would do anything for the for for the company and the and the the best for the company whether it was putting a guy over or 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 building a new character he did he did whatever it took he even came out like, even when he was part time he came out. And worked more matches with the Shield to yeah. get the Shield over, and this was this was around at the oh, at the WrestleMania 29. So he's around 49, 40 years old. He came out. He he did more dates just to work with the Shield, and there's not many people out in in the world of professional professional wrestling that would do the things that Undertaker did. So I'm kind of interested to see where they go from here. And a lot of people say, oh, he's wasting space. He's wasting space, but he's still the Undertaker. He deserves a spot on that car. He's been there for twenty something years. He's just not—he's not some guy who just really comes and goes. He earned—he deserves to come and go as he pleases. Yeah, he's more synonymous with WrestleMania than probably anybody else ever. Yeah, and it's not like he's, he's been probably between him and Hogan, right? Yeah, and it's not like he's out there going doing movies or nothing. He's doing nothing to rest up just yeah. to be at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, just to make it there. Exactly. <laughs> so WWE literally was his home. He did nothing else. He was, mm-hmm. just, he was just clear WWE. Yeah. And he, he's only missed. And I thought it was perfect way he left his hat and his gloves and jacket in the ring. Just the ultimate, just the ultimate respect. And the fact that after they, I'm sure you saw, after they cleaned up the arena, they just left his stuff in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, just still hanging out in there. Yeah. After every, everything else was taken down. It's insane. Now, Prep, I know you have a long and storied history with The Undertaker. <laughs> Not all of it good. No, not at all. But what what were you, what was your feelings during that match and after that match and even in the days since when you've had some time to reflect on it? So let's go back to before the match when they were coming out. I've never seen Undertaker's entrance live. Mm-hmm. And even being outside, I got chills from the gong coming on and the purple lights hitting. Like, that was insane. And then clearly he's not going to work walk down the 80-yard ramp. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, it's fitting that he comes up from the floor in the middle. Um, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little upset that not even Big Match Roman, who we know when when he's put in the spotlight and he has to deliver in a big match, he does it. No matter if you love him or hate him, you mm-hmm. have to respect him because he puts on good matches. Yeah. Um, 
not even he can help The Undertaker. The Undertaker was clearly ready to go. Yeah. Um, and even though the match was subpar and not that great, um, I'm totally fine with it. It was great to be there. I can say legitimately that I was at the under, one of The Undertaker's last matches. Yeah, and most likely the last one. The last match. Yeah, and then even... Um some of our, some of me Angel's friends. She asked, she asked about how does he feel about the Undertaker. I, thought, I shed a tear for the guy. <laughs> I literally grew up with the guy because he's a, he. I think came in a year before I was born. Yeah, he came in yeah, 1990. Yeah, year November of ninety. Yeah, a year His before first WrestleMania was the year we were born. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So that that that's something. It's like I, like when you kind of grow up with a guy. That, You've never known wrestling without the Undertaker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even though he's part time, I still wait for the under, I still wait for the Undertaker. And yeah. um, like I said he's like he's gonna be like he's gonna be missed. I, like he like he has a lot of memorable matches. They might not be clinics because of sometimes who he's who who who's he up against. But some of his classics with some guys you wouldn't expect, other than the Michaels, other than Triple H, he had matches with the match with Jeff Hardy at um, on Raw. That was a, that was an mm-hmm. excellent match. His matches with Austin. I don't think they stand up to the test of time because those guys were. I don't think they really had the best chemistry in the world. That's that's just me. That's just me. No, I think you're right. That's that's just me because we watched a few of those for Throwback Madness. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have the best chem- chemistry with each other, but he's he's really he's really going to be missed. I I agree with that. Uh, as far as the match is concerned, I do think while the match technically it was not any type of classic, obviously the Undertaker didn't have it in him anymore. I did think that they won. You got to give Roman credit for selling for the Undertaker. Through that whole match, yeah, and that's what that's what he needed. Because yeah, he convinced you that the Undertaker was still the Undertaker for most of that match. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jr.'s commentary I thought was great. I thought I felt like now, granted, the crowd in the stadium was booing Roman. There was it was never going to be any other outcome. But I think to somebody watching at home, Jr. made Roman more palatable than Michael Cole could ever dream of. Because you want to root along with Jr. You want to go along with what Jr. is saying. And him talking about how tough Roman Reigns is. How athletic this guy is. How this guy is the future. That will make you buy into it a little more than Michael Cole or Byron Saxton saying it will. Um, and I thought that they did a good job of... that. Like The story they told was... You know, the whole thing was whose yard is it? They told the story of Roman kind of having to put him down. And the Undertaker literally, when he sat up and fell over, that was like he had no bullets left in the gun. Like the, I, my body will not do it anymore. It's over. I thought they did a great job of telling that story of he's still the Undertaker, but he, his time has passed. Uh, I so I, I appreciated that aspect of it while it was a pretty sloppy match. Yeah, and um, even the whole tombstone spot where Roman tried to carry count an Undertaker into a tombstone, that would have happened to anybody. Undertaker, he couldn't do He couldn't complete that finish, yeah. complete that that spot. So that would have happened to anybody because everybody's like, oh, it was Roman's fault. Like, the guy behind us like, oh, it was Roman's fault. Roman's fault. I'm like, no, it's yeah, not. Yeah, they, they were yelling like, oh, he's, he's suppo- you're supposed to be so strong, Roman. I'm like, I'm like anybody, if you don't, if you can't lock your legs around him, it's, that's not his fault. So we obviously didn't have, I guess it depends. I don't know, Alo, if you were looking more at the screen or the ring, and prep, I don't know about you either. I was trying to spend more time looking at the ring than the screen because I felt like when looking at the screen, I may not be seeing everything. So I was looking down at the action when that happened. 
when I watched that match back, which was one of only three matches I watched back since I got home, he's just dead weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that was not Roman messing that up. That yeah. was his body, the Undertaker's yeah. body just did not go. You tell when he dropped them. It's, I, I refuse to blame Roman because, yeah. like I said, I've seen Roman in the spot a million times where he has to, you know, work a match to help mm-hmm. the person. And, you know, no fault of Undertaker, he's how old... Yeah, it's not you like the Undertaker sucks. The exactly. guy just no. doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, even the just... spot, even um, the spot when he set up to put a spear and, and Taker botched that part, and yeah. he's just looking around like he's. What are you playing for? <laughs> yeah, he and Roman even kept going. He exactly. hit the ropes like six times before he was able to spear him again. There was only one real nitpick that I have with the match, which is when the Undertaker locked in the very poorly executed Hell's Gate. And Roman hit the ropes for a rope break, but it was a no DQ. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that that sat a little bad with me, but that's WWE rules for you. Yeah, they make stuff but, up on the go. But what are you gonna do? Let's read that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next night on Raw, show opens with a montage of the Undertaker from WrestleMania. Probably it might have been some older clips. I don't really remember. And then what seemed like a ten-minute Undertaker chant from the crowd in the Amway Center. Roman's music hits, he comes down, getting booed out of the building. I don't think he could have handled it any better. Perfect. And, and two things specifically that I had on this. One, that I felt like he walked out of there, like, and I don't know if it's creative telling him this, I don't know if it's Vince, I don't know if it's Triple H, I don't know if it's him going to them saying this is what we should do, but it looked like he, he walked out there, and he's been going out there the last couple weeks, almost saying, you want to hate me? I'm going to give you a reason to hate me. Like, yeah, I'm going to talk about how I won the Royal Rumble here in your city two years ago. I'm going to talk about how I've headlined WrestleMania the last two years. I'm going to talk about how this place is sold out because of me, and, like, I'm running this place now. I'm going to retire The Undertaker. And then he comes out there, all he says... This is my yard now. And my favorite part, though, oh. was him holding up the hand saying, I got you in the palm oh my of my hand. Yeah, that was yeah. perfect. If you want to piss those type of fans off, that is the way to do it. Prep, I know you talked to me about this a little bit before we started the show. Yeah. You you enjoyed this as much as me? This was... in. So, I get home Monday morning. I go straight to work. I get off the plane, 1020, hop in an Uber, and get to work by 11 o'clock. And I'm there till 8.30, so I had to start Raw at my job. So I'm literally, like, I work in a retail store. I'm, I have Raw on my phone, like, full blast volume. <laughs> I did not care. I'm like, I'm not missing this. So, and I'm just watching while this is going on, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, everything, like... That moment for me, like, I've never fully hated Roman. Yeah, you just weren't, like, a Roman I just wasn't, like, a mark for him, but I always respect his work, you know, and stuff like that. That was... They they sealed the deal for me. I'm a fan now. Like that was great. I'm I mean I'm not gonna go out vi- buying the vest like Ron. <laughs> Is that something we should get into? <laughs> I have photographic evidence of this. I think Ron's the realest heel on this show. <laughs> he is. So but nobody's supposed to know that. They're gonna find they're out gonna pretty find soon. Out. <laughs> the thinking man. <laughs> The realest heel here. <laughs> yeah, so, I did have on the vest. I should have put on the gloves too. But. Oh yes, please. You know what? We need to call a belt maker to see if they can make you like the good leather one. 
I'd wear them. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> you big Roman mark. <laughs> so yeah, but you're not a mark for Roman, but this won you over. Yeah, for sure. There was one thing I, I wish would have happened, and it's it's so it's just in my how my mind works as a wrestling fan. I wish that when he put the mic up to his face, they booed. But then I wish when they put it down, they would have cheered. That yeah. would have popped me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought... Was was there any part of either one of you that was like, I kind of wish I was there tonight, or no? No. Sunday no. was enough. No, no was Sunday enough. was way too much. And, and Saturday yeah. was enough. So maybe because I didn't get to watch Raw until Tuesday, I was like, you know what, I kind of wish I was there for this. It kind of looks like it would have been a lot of fun. But Monday night, I might not have felt that way. No, no. no. There's not a chance, Ron. No. <laughs> I was happy to be home. Yeah. <laughs> Alo, your thoughts on this? I loved it. I smiled the entire time. I, 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 but I just hate they had Cole and Gray's address. Oh, these are the most raucous, raucous fans of the year. They want to, they're going to express their opinion. They want to boo people. They cheer, cheer people. They going to boo. And then Cole finally saying, "Well, they're they're booing Roman Reigns because he beat that second. They booed Roman Reigns for three they, years. They've been booing like, like, stop. Like, stop it, stop Cole, stop it. Other than the end of Raw, well, other than Raw, well, no, the end of whatever TLC, uh, the end of TLC, two thousand fifteen. And the Monday Raw Night Raw the next on December 14th, 2015. And then maybe the next week. Other than that, he's been getting booed, exclusively booed. For three years. And it's been getting worse over the last few months. Yeah. And I, so I, I like when he said I got to meet the palm of my hand, I thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I, and he just smiled the entire time. I loved it. I, I was like, this is how, and he's like, this is my yard now. This is how you book this guy. Was this his turn? But the thing is, they don't want to call it a turn because he kind of did the same thing last year at, at, right at the WrestleMania. I'm not a good guy. Uh, not I'm a bad guy. guy. I'm the guy. Like <laughs> they did this last year at the WrestleMania, and he was just playing that kind of a tweener role. Not even, a, yeah, yeah. Because I'll say I'll say a tweener because AJ was still face at this mm-hmm. time. So I don't know because now they're teasing this whole Brock thing. So and, and Strowman also with Roman. So I don't know. So what I'll say about this, I definitely don't think this is a quote unquote turn. But yeah, I, at least. No, but, but I don't think we're going to get that. I, I think, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but wrestling fans, especially at live WWE events, are not allowing WWE to tell a story the way that they want to tell a story, the way they intend to tell a story. The fans now know enough or think they know enough that they react the way they want to react to anyone. That's why Kevin Owens gets cheered. That's why Jericho is supposed to be a heel, and he got cheered. That's why a guy like AJ Styles gets cheered. John Cena gets booed. Roman Reigns gets booed. They're supposed to be the superheroes. I think WWE, I don't think that they really care about being able to tell like a good guy versus bad guy story. I think all they care about is when this person walks out there, do people care one way or the other? And I think what they may be trying to do is figure out how they can maximize whatever reaction these guys get. Like, if you look at the last year with The Miz, The Miz was getting booed for a long time because people just hated him and thought he sucked. Now, people are starting to realize, wait a minute, this guy's actually really good, and they appreciate him. He got cheered at WrestleMania. I, so I don't think Roman is turning, but I think they're going to play into this personality of him basically acknowledging, like, I am the best guy here, nobody's going to stop me, and that's just going to make people hate him. And maybe over time, like what happened with The Rock, it may be too different of a time now, but The Rock eventually won people over by being a dickhead. I think if they have Roman kind of have that edge to him instead of being silly and goofy, he may start to win people over. But like Alo said last year, we kind of got the same thing. It was like, oh, I think they figured out what to do with Roman, and then they went back to the same stuff. Yeah. 
Are you hopeful, though, about Roman going forward, whether people like him or hate him? Like, are you hopeful that they're going to do interesting things with him? Yeah, for sure. So the, here's the thing with Roman. Um, JR always says, the only bad reaction is no reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roman's getting a huge reaction. Whether it's booze or not, he's still getting a reaction. So he's over to an extent, whether you like it or not. Yeah, because yeah. people always say, oh, he's not over. He gets booed. Like, you get a reaction. If you don't want want a guy, don't, don't, get, give, don't give any reaction at all. And we live in a troll society now where there's nothing people like more than to irritate people when they know they're already irritated. Yeah. And that's what Roman can do to this fan base now, is you guys don't like me, I'm going to give you a reason to keep not liking me. And you'll just keep booing him, you'll keep hating him, you'll keep resenting him for everything he got. And like I said, maybe at some point people start to be like, oh wait, this guy's actually good. But that will take time before we know whether that's happened or not. What I think was arguably the best story of the past six months or so U.S. title on the line, the former best friends, or the never best friends, depending on who you listen to, Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. I will, Josh, I'll go to you first on this, because I know KO is is your favorite right now. The only thing I want to say is I feel like they did a good job with paying off a story that was that good. I thought there was some physicality to the match. You felt how much these guys disliked each other and how bad they wanted to beat each other. Um... I was pleased with what they did. We were worried they wouldn't get the time. I thought that they they did get the time to tell their story in their match. What were your thoughts? Uh, I like the match a lot. Uh, KO and and Jericho work well together. Uh, I wish they would have executed the finish a little better, but Jericho's a little older. He Mm -hmm. can't take that bump like Sami Zayn does. Yeah. So, but I'm happy the the right thing happened at the end. The old guy putting the young guy over. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's all that that mattered. Uh, I wish Jericho didn't get me so hyped for his entrance when all I got to see was a yeah. big inflatable list. It wasn't that cool, Jericho. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that that missed its mark for him for the last like year and a half. Exactly, because he's been on a roll, and even on on Raw, I still think he has it, whether he lost or not. And on our way in, on our way to our seats. Two people actually stopped me asking if the Drink It In Man shirt was available at the arena. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I don't think so. I said, this one's a little older. You'll probably get a list of Jericho shirts somewhere. But to me, the Drink It In Man was like my favorite catchphrase (laughs) of the year. So I had to represent it at the biggest show of the year. Alo, did you think that this paid off the story? Did it leave you wanting more? Or you think it did its job? It did its job because we already know Jericho, he's going to... Pay homage to the business and business and actually get the get get the this, get the match right. And I, I I thought that he would go out the perfect way because I'm I'm comparing this story to him and Sami Zayn in NXT because Sami Zayn at NXT Takeover um, Rival he took the he took the well mm-hmm. he, he got beat to a pulp basically yeah. and then um a few months later Unstoppable he would go out again but I knew Owens would actually get the actually get the win in this match the finger. The moment of the night <laughs> yeah. the, that finger that was one of the three or four biggest pops of the whole show. Yeah, was him sure. putting the one finger on the rope. And I don't know who it was, if it was you, Prep, that pointed out that it was almost like a, a nod to 
whatever the heck the the painting was. The birth, yeah, the, the birth of Kevin. The birth of Kevin at the Festival of Friendship. Was it you that pointed that out? Yeah. Well, I saw I saw a post on social media that had that, and it was hilarious. I don't know if that's why they did it. I hope it is. It probably is. No, 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 probably. I'm is. going to act like that's why they did it. You, yeah. Nobody can tell me otherwise. But yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, I, like I said, like the match paid off because. Jericho's old, upper, older, older, older now, so he can't put on the same kind of matches. Can but mm-hmm. he they delivered for what we expected. They didn't get the short end of the stick. The women, the Raw's women division did, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I do think they delivered. Yeah, I thought they did too. Raw comes around, and we get a Jericho interview where he actually put the finger on the list, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was brilliant. I loved him saying that Beach Ball Mania is running wild, brother. I thought that was great. He's awesome. And and the fact that he won, he he did two things in this interview that not many guys can do. One, he was so aware of the crowd and like just was eating it up. And then he was he was like squeezing even more out of them. Like not many guys could do both of those things, have that awareness and push them even further. And then he gets beaten up by Owens and Samoa Joe, which knocked him out of the tag match, which would be the main event where he was supposed to team with Seth Rollins. Is Jericho going to officially get this rematch at the next pay-per-view? It's that that payback on the 30th. Okay, because I wasn't sure if they were like setting that up as like, okay, he's not going to be able to have that match. Um, I don't think so, because I don't think so. I'm sure he'll get the return match because he goes on tour right after payback. So, Yeah. But that ultimately led to... Actually, did anybody else think that Jericho almost looked like he was laughing when he was laying on top of the table? <laughs> no, I didn't pay that any mind. I didn't see that. Like, no. he, it, he was trying... No, he probably was. He was trying to look like he was in pain, but I was like, I think he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> um, but that ultimately led to Seth Rollins coming out to face uh, Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe with no partner. That leads to the return of Finn Balor. Crowd loved it. I know I loved it. I assume both of you loved it. Could see it a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was it was an obvious opening that they created for him to come out in the last segment of the show. But huge pop. And I was just really happy to see him. I felt so bad for that guy. Yeah, me too. Like, he got there. He was at Summer, at SummerSlam, as he would call it. <laughs> he wins the Universal Championship, and then, boom, has to leave. Misses WrestleMania. Because it's not like this is a 25-year-old guy that's got 10 or 15 years. He's 35, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's he's like advanced in years. He's been doing this for a long time. So it's, I'm happy to see him back. The match was good. I like to see him being the one to go over. Is he the top babyface already on Raw? Yeah. Yeah. What, he, where he just he just leapfrogged Rollins, yeah, for sure. Especially especially since he returned. Because remember, I told you Seth will be the hottest babyface, but somebody returning that they'll they always overtake. Yeah. So where where do you see him at this next pay per view? That's that's strange because where do we get do we get a tag match with these two, that, see, or, or is it going to be a six man tag with Triple H? That that was my thing because we got no Triple H, which I was kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they want to hold that off. For he, he's helping Stephanie. Nur- he's nursing her back to health. That was so good. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think that trip, we didn't get anything about Triple H because he wasn't on Raw at all. So I think maybe next week we get some answer because it's like okay, we don't know if Brock's gonna be at pay, at payback. He he may mention the Reigns and Strowman comes out say, "I'm not done with Roman yet" or whatever. So that's the only thing I could, I could actually see. Owens, well, we never get a six man tag because Owens and, Owens and Jericho are already booked at payback. So mm. I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure really sure what we're gonna get out that out that situation. Maybe a tag match with Finn. And, and Rollins against Triple H and Joe, but it's it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of up in the air. I have no idea what they what they can actually do. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I do not want to see Joe and Finn again. Yeah, because we've seen that too many times. Even though that may be the direction they're headed. Yeah, we have seen it a lot. There, but there is no reason. They feuded for a year in NXT. Obviously. But then they look at it like, oh, these people don't know anything about NXT. Yeah. So they haven't seen enough of it. Yeah, but, but th- that, that that's what I think they're going. But then what do you do with Seth? I don't know. I hope it doesn't go back because I really felt, and we'll obviously get to this in a little bit. You know what? I'll, I'll save it for there. Well, because Seth and Joe have more of a gripe. Seth has more of a gripe with Joe, so maybe Seth faces Joe. But then what, what does Finn do? That that's the, that's the count. That's the problem with this. I think we're gonna get a lot of answered questions next week. You think so? With the uh, shakeup. Yeah. Well, yeah. My, <laughs> my feeling. Well, I guess we can get into the Triple H Seth match now. It's probably as good a segue as we're gonna get. I did think that this him overcoming Triple H was what was going to give us Seth Rollins back. Like, where he wasn't going to be an afterthought. He wasn't going to be kind of lost in the shuffle. I thought it was like he needed to get this out of the way to take off again. And now I'm worried that we're not going to get that. Because of Finn? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just going to kind of be on the back burner again, which kind of sucks. Unless he's part of the superstar shakeup, which I doubt. No. But that match, I thought it was pretty slow. I thought it was too long. I thought they both did a good job. I loved the psychology of the match. Like the, the story they were telling, I liked that Triple H was basically like trying to put an end to Seth Rollins, whereas Seth Rollins is trying to get back who he believes himself to be. I do think the crowd was, and I. I got a text during the show from good the godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, Joey Lafferty. He basically said to me and Aaron that crowd seems pretty dead. And my feeling was almost like, I know me personally, and I felt, kind of felt it. I think there were people that were just scared to death that Seth was, Seth was going to get hurt again. And we, were there, and we were there for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, did you have that thought at all that he was like, because it's not like they were shying away from that knee. Yeah, be, well, Seth sold like a champ mm-hmm. because even when he did his entrance I don't know if you guys saw mm-hmm. that he hopped off the ropes after doing his little mm-hmm. pose and he when he hit the floor he kind of like hopped like if he had yeah. tweaked something again and you're like, like oh god yeah I'm like please <laughs> no not again yeah I think there was some uneasiness like because you're right he sold the hell out of that knee and there were times when I was like he might have actually gotten hurt mm-hmm. um, but I, I do think the match was was entertaining for at least two-thirds of the match. There were parts that it was like, okay, like we probably could have chopped off seven or eight minutes of this thing. And unfortunately, that probably led to some of the other matches being shorter. But they told the story they needed to tell. Hopefully, Seth is about to have Triple H behind him, and hopefully they have something for him 
going forward. I mean, did, did you guys like that match? Was that did you think it maybe didn't deliver what we expected it to? Laugh, come in, please. <laughs> H needs more time than everybody else, Ron. <laughs> uh, well, it seemed like he did laugh. Uh, he, it, I thought it was a little egregious how much time that that match got. It did not need 26 no, minutes. No, it, it didn't. At least, at, least, at least three or four minutes could have been chopped yeah, off. Yeah, especially day. with Seth Rollins not being full Seth Rollins. Like, he's still not 100%. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they needed to go that long. Yeah, but um, like like Prep, like Prep said, he saw like a chain. Like, any little thing. Like, the thing is, he didn't just sell it off of moves. When he, when he would walk or just or make any sudden movements, he would actually, like, limp. I know there's a spot in the... Yeah. I think I threw a spot in the corner. I think Triple H was doing a ten punch and Rollins mm-hmm. trying to slide out of it, and he sold his leg, he sold yeah. his knee, and Triple H just started smiling the entire yeah, time. Yeah, he's grabbing his knees, adjusting his knee pad. He's kind of bending it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's good to see that every three hundred sixty-five days, Stephanie gets her come up and. Yeah, that was the next thing. Was it was it good to see the authority, specifically Stephanie, get what they had coming to them for the last year? I love that she takes that one bump a year. One bump uh-huh. a year. That's it. Yeah, but like I like that Rollins actually landed the Phoenix Splash for once. I thought that was yeah. perfect. I do wish he won with something else other than a pedigree, though. What my hope was going into this match was that he'd hit a pedigree on Triple H. Triple H would kick out of it, which would lead to him hitting the curb stomp, which that would lead to him like, okay, I'm back to Seth Rollins. I'm not Triple H's boy anymore. But nothing we could do about the length of the match now. I did think it was a little long, but... It was a good match. I did enjoy it, and the right guy won. I know Laugh had me terrified that maybe Triple H is going to win because Seth is supposed to be hurt. Well, you can't, I told you, if Triple H won that match, I would have been mad. I, I yeah. would have had no defense for it. Right. But I like the fact that it wasn't overbooked. I just like the fact that it was just Stephanie out there because she just like she got her comeuppance because she deserves her comeuppance for what she did for, for what she does to everybody and saying Seth Rollins, so she deserved that. I'm just glad it was no Joe or no extra interference from anybody. Let's just leave it to those two. Yeah, Prep, were you surprised about that, that there was nobody else that got involved in the match? I was surprised. Um, like, pleasantly surprised, or do you think you, somebody should have? I th- well, no, it was fine. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> because it would have been too much if Joe would have came out because you already had Stephanie there, and that's all I could say about that. Okay. Uh, the women's match, I know I said a couple weeks ago that I was not looking forward to this women's match as much as I was looking forward to last year's. I just felt like they had so much more steam build up. Even though the build was not done well, it was like there was this feeling of like this is the first time the women are getting put in this position. Like where we're making them a key part of what we're marketing this event around. Not just a laughable bathroom break that gets thrown in to cool off before the main event or something like that. I felt like, okay, that novelty wore off. Now it's time to actually keep it building now. And I don't feel like they've necessarily built on it properly. I feel like they hit a high mark with Sasha and Charlotte in the summer and the fall. You know, they main evented a pay-per-view. They had that unbelievable Falls Count Anywhere match on Raw. But I feel like the Raw's women's division, while it was going upwards up until, like, October, has kind of come down from there. Um, now, I know you guys, I, I think you might have both, you didn't agree with my assessment of that. Prep, did, did, did you think that this lived up to your expectations? I, I Actually, I think you liked this match. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm definitely the high guy on this match. I, I really enjoyed it, uh, the way they took out Nia. I was, I was glad that the last two women were... 
Charlotte and Bailey, and I'm convinced that that's the only reason why you didn't like this match. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will be clear. I didn't dislike the match. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just like it didn't feel as important this year as it did last year. That was my only gripe with it. So Charlotte is incredible. Mm-hmm. She's so good. And that corkscrew moonsault was unbelievable. She landed on her feet. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's insane. Like, she's the MVP of... <laughs> the WWE women right now. I love Bailey, but Charlotte's the one. Yeah, she's unbelievable. Um, Alo, <coughs> did you think this match delivered everything you wanted? Do you feel like maybe they have kind of taken a step back from last year? Um, Do you think I'm only mad because Sasha didn't win? No, but I didn't. <laughs> <coughs> no, no, see, I didn't. Of course, I, of course, we feel that they took a step back because they've been they've been put a, they've been in higher spots since. Last year's WrestleMania, so it's, it's it's not it's but so much they could do, do now except main event WrestleMania basically, but I was underwhelmed by this match because I had this as one of my top three match or night contenders, mm-hmm. but it just felt it fell flat. Like I always said, we were new. Nia Jax would be the first one out. I liked how they got her out. Why they all triple team, triple power bomb there, bat out, <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> they all jumped on her. I thought that was perfect. That's mm-hmm. the perfect way to get rid of. That makes that makes sense. I thought Sasha getting eliminated. That was like real abrupt to me too. I was like, oh wow, that's how you got that's how you got Sasha out mm-hmm. because they were playing off this whole Bailey thing of Sasha kind of throwing jabs at Bailey, but they didn't really pay that off. Even on Raw, they didn't, they didn't go back to yeah. that either. So I was like, oh, this, this is kind of odd. And then even when it was just Sasha and ba- I mean Charlotte and Bailey left, and Bailey just wanted the elbow. I was like, that's it. Actually, what you just said sparked something in my head. So I'm not upset that Sasha didn't win because obviously. They're not out there actually competing to win this match. Like, they know what's going to happen. But what I felt, I felt like Sasha was kind of just a throw-in to this match. Not that she was a key part of it. Um, but what I will give them credit for is at least the way she went out, while it was kind of like, mm, left me a little underwhelmed, they at least set the spot up where Charlotte's pulling the turnbuckle off. So they And to their credit, the camera is right on her doing that. And then two minutes later... Sasha gets thrown into the turnbuckle head first, which leads to her getting eliminated. It's like they they kind of left the trail there, and then we had to follow it to the end. But it, it felt a little underwhelming the way she was eliminated. Yeah, now that was ongoing, the, the, the little bit of ongoing story in this in this fatal four match about the whole Sasha throwing those little jabs and Bailey being a pawn in Sasha's pl- plan. But that didn't even get that didn't even get paid off. So yeah. that's and I was like, okay, it's, it's Sasha and Charlotte left. But if Sasha got eliminated and Bailey eliminated, okay. But Charlotte eliminated, I was like, okay. Where's the story? Where's the story to this? Yeah, I, I felt like they didn't tell the story the best that they could have. But the one thing I'll give it credit for after rewatching it that I didn't the night of, I kept saying like I just felt like it ended kind of abruptly. Like it didn't feel like that should have been the finish of the match. But it's WrestleMania 33, <laughs> and Bailey wins with the Randy Savage elbow drop. You know, he was one of the headliners of WrestleMania 3. So after kind of realizing, I was like, you know what, I kind of like that she won with the elbow drop. Especially because she actually does a really good elbow drop. She does. Like, I'm really impressed with it. For someone who didn't really start doing it until a few months ago. It's either her or Eric Young. Two best elbow drops right now in WWE. You know who I think has a highly underrated elbow drop, though? Who? Zack Ryder. Well, he's not here. <laughs> he's not. You're so. right. <laughs> Perhaps upset at Zack Ryder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't very pleasant. <laughs> oh my gosh, Zack. Never mind. <laughs> we don't need to get into that right. That's now. why Emma left you because you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, what, what happened with Zack Ryder at, this weekend with you guys? So we were at the Hall of Fame on Friday. Unbeknownst to us, we parked like around at, at the garage, like mm-hmm. around the corner, between where we came out of the arena and where the car was parked, was the garage where all of the talent came in and exited. Please so, say it again. Unbeknownst to us. Unbeknownst to us. We were not some weirdos or some marks waiting for the talent to come out. They had everything caution taped off, and we got stuck just standing there on the curb for, had to be at least a half hour or 40 yeah, minutes, was, right? it was at least a half hour. So I guess we're like just standing here, and we start seeing them all coming out to get on their buses. I guess they were busing back to whatever hotel they were staying at. So we're seeing literally everyone on the roster walking by. And some people were kind of eating up the crowd reaction, like Sheamus ate it up. He gave Prep a fist bump on his way to the bus. Cesaro came out and like twirled the, the finger. <laughs> Rob Van Dam, Rob Van Dam walked over and kind of shook hands and and got got into it a little bit. Bailey acknowledged Prep when he yelled he yelled her name, <laughs> and I yelled her boyfriend's name, and yeah. she popped for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we saw almost all of them come out. A couple guys just looked like they didn't want to be bothered. I.e. Ziggler and Zack Ryder. Yeah. And I... Honestly, I feel like I saved the day a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> there was caution tape on the curb between us and the buses, like on the street. Someone broke the caution tape. And I grabbed the one end, and reached around and pulled the other end, and I was literally holding the caution tape like this <laughs> to, on either side, you know, in full Jericho pose, <laughs> to keep the crowd under control and behind the tape. And then I actually unwound it around the telephone pole. I tied it together, so now the there's no breach in the caution tape anymore. And then a cop basically blamed me for it being broken. <laughs> I was like, dude, I just took care of it. Like, I, I, I was the hero here. I honestly, I felt like Roman Reigns in that moment. Maybe that's why I wanted to wear the vest. Listen, if Triple H would have saw you, we would have had backstage passes to Mania. <laughs> yeah, Triple H unfortunately came out about ten minutes after that. Yeah, uh, we did see the game laugh. I don't even know you, but I know you hate him. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> yeah, we we saw the game. We saw Stephanie. We saw. Sasha, Becky, basically almost the whole roster. We kind of saw a walk by. Sami Zayn is way taller than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did feel that way too. Um, it was fun though. It was, as, but there was a point when I was like, I don't like that we probably look like we're out here stalking these people, and we just kind of randomly, accidentally got stuck here. Yeah, it's, I didn't have a sharpie in my pocket or anything. <laughs> Me neither. And I kept my cell phone and my cell phone camera in my pocket yep. the entire time. And I never opened my mouth. Except uh, when I was doing crowd control. The only time I pulled out my phone was when I I text Eck to let him know that we were doing that yeah. we were stuck in this. <laughs> and he's like, Take pictures for Troy. <laughs> so I tried to get Triple H, but you he was can't a little see too him. far away. Yeah, he was too far. Um yeah, the women on Raw the next night. We got a tag match, Bailey and no, oh, a six woman tag. Yeah, when I, when I, when I heard that, I was like, "There's six women on Raw." Yeah, when did that happen? <laughs> exactly. But we got Bailey, Sasha, and Dana against Charlotte, Nia, and the returning Emma. Emmalina officially yes. over. We have the original Emma. I love that she did her pose on the commentary I table. Gray is marking out. Yes, because <laughs> to me that was like her announcing, like, "Like I'm back." Mm-hmm. Um. 
I, I love, love that she hissed that Byron. I don't yeah, know if you guys me too. That. I did. Uh, and she slammed down on the table. I'm kind of hoping Dana and Emma team up again because Dana actually was kind of entertaining with Emma. Um, she has not found anything that has caught on for her without Emma. Match was pretty quick, but Sasha made Charlotte tap. Anaya then destroyed Charlotte, and I love that Emma just immediately ducked out and <laughs> left. Where, where is this going? Where is Sasha going? Where is Charlotte going? Well, what exactly do we think is happening? Well, I just found it funny that you hold Emma off TV for 17 weeks to become Emmalina, and then you hold her off for another three months after Emmalina to come back to the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just found it real odd. But so with the whole shake-up next week, Shake things up a little bit. But <laughs> with that coming up, I'm not sure. I know. I think Charlotte or Sasha is going to SmackDown. Just to, just to shake up that women's division. I think of, I, I'm leaning to, towards more to Charlotte because that whole Sasha Bailey thing. They they want to do that. Yeah. So I don't think that's going anywhere. But I do think Charlotte may end up on SmackDown, and maybe you could bring Becky Lynch. Becky maybe maybe Becky Lynch. I don't think Alexa Bliss is ready for Raw yet. Mm-hmm. But may, I think that may be where they go with that. I don't think, matter of fact, I don't think Becky Lynch will stay. But Becky Lynch will go. I think I think Becky Lynch will stay. Maybe maybe you get. Uh, maybe maybe they might move Alexa Plus. Mm-hmm. I think about. I think about it. But I do think Charlotte's going to smack them. Yeah, I could see them actually moving Alexa Bliss. I haven't really put a lot of thought into it. I guess we might as well address that before we move on to the next thing. I think those are the two moves. I think Charlotte goes to SmackDown and Alexa Bliss comes to Raw. I could see that. Um, we might as well address Vince showed up on the Raw after Mania. Um, he heard the brunt of the Roman Sucks chants. He said that, uh, one, we're going to get the superstar shakeup next week. Some people are going to go from Raw to SmackDown. Some people from SmackDown to Raw. Like, Prep, you said this before we started. This actually has given you a reason to be excited for these shows next week. Exactly. That's that's the way to keep the momentum from, you know, that media hangover. Mm-hmm. And how often do they tell us a week in advance, here's why you want to watch the show next week? Not very often. They just rely on all oh, these people keep coming back. Yeah. But I, I like that they gave us something to look forward to and something for us to theorize about and speculate about for the next five, six, seven days. Um, he was heartbroken about Stephanie. <laughs> so good. Said how cruel you people are. Downright cruel. No, God, I, I first thought you about The Undertaker. Me too. Like, <laughs> talking about Stephanie. Couldn't I have been any more so perfect. Um, Throw you people. Yeah, he announced that we were going to get a new GM to replace Mick Foley. And I know one person who definitely marked out for who showed up next, Uncle Teddy. Yes. <laughs> Prep, were you, were you doing the dance when he came out? Yeah. Everybody that works looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, man, this is long. Let me holler at you, play it. Yep. Yeah, Teddy came out, was informed that it was not him. And it My turned, bad. Yeah. It turned out to be Kurt oh. Angle. Kurt Angle, who I think we had probably all hoped it would be. He came out. I believe that Vince just told him, like, you better do a good job or something like that. Already, bringing Kurt Angle back has paid off because 
his segment with Enzo and Cass oh, was yes. hysterical. That's so good. I was hoping you were going to bring that Could one there up? have been any better way for him to address Enzo and Cass? Where it wasn't even a conversation. It was just them doing their shtick. And, and he's answering them. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And he's like, not any college I've ever heard of. Awesome. And then he said, and he's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. He goes, you sure can. Uh, and then I think, you know, how you doing at the end? He said, who, me? I'm great. I'm it was unbelievable. That's not how you spell soft. Yeah, at, at the that very was my end, favorite part. Yeah, at the very sure. end, S I W F T when they walked away, he said, "That's not how you spell soft." Uh, he put them in a number one contenders match with Sheamus and Cesaro. We'll get to that in a minute. Angle with Sami Zayn, I thought might have been even funnier. <laughs> Especially Again, with Sami Zayn being like the weird, annoying dude. Well, that's what they all say about him in real life. Yeah. And I think it's funny that they're playing into that with him just <laughs> running his mouth and never stopping. I think at one point he even said, like, to make a long story short, <laughs> like, he was already talking before the camera cut to them. So God only knows how long we're supposed to think Sammy was talking to Angle. But Angle just being so annoyed. And when he walked away, him just kind of rolling his eyes. And then he comes back and talks more. He put him and Hardbody Jinder into a match together. I don't know if that even did that really even need to be discussed. No, no. All right, but Angle already paying off. Yes, I, I hope that we get more of these backstage segments. Like he didn't miss a beat. Like, no, like he, he was never gone. A breath of fresh air. I'll, it'll be a long time before I don't bring up that Enzo. That's not how you spell soft. <laughs> <laughs> he was so mad. He's like. Nice. Yeah, so he, he was really great. You're right. He didn't miss a beat. He was the Kurt Angle we all know and love and remember from the Attitude Era. He he really brought it uh, on Friday night in his Hall of Fame speech. He basically did a greatest hits speech, brought out the little cowboy hat, uh, the headgear with the wig, the milk, the sexy Kurt song. He he really has been great since he came back. Yeah, that was that was definitely awesome. And then like everybody catching on like. Soon as the first time his music hits, everybody still chants "You suck," which yeah. was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's when he's talking about winning an Olympic gold medal, and everybody goes along with him with a broken yeah. freaking neck. <laughs> I also liked that Enzo said he was wearing gold around his freaking neck or yeah. whatever it was. So then Cass and then Cass said something else like, "Oh well, we don't have gold around, around our freaking waist, waist or whatever." <laughs> yeah, that, he was great. Uh, tag team division. It was an impromptu change to a ladder match on Raw. It led to speculation that some of the pioneers of the tag team ladder match may end up involved in this ladder match at WrestleMania. I don't know how much anybody believed it. My guess is it was more wishful thinking or hoping that they would show up. The three teams come out. The New Day, the host of WrestleMania, come out and say, As your host, we're here to inform you there's a fourth team. They're in ring gear. I thought for sure that it was going to be them entering themselves. But no, we hear the Hardys music. They come down. They blew the roof off of a roofless stadium. That's how big of a pop that was. That was when I really, I I told you, I got like choked up a couple times throughout the early part of the show. That was when I was really kind of losing control of it. And was this right after the Hall of Fame part? I believe so. Um. I can't remember, but like at this point, because I'm just like, oh my god, like the Hardys are back, like they're in this match yeah, right it was now. After. Yeah, so I probably was like a little emotional from like Angle, like I can't believe he's back. It's so great, and then the Hardys are back, and I'm like, wow, like a lot of this stuff 
that I remember from like the height of wrestling 15, 17, 18 years ago is like here right now. And like I'm here to see it. I'm here for the return of this iconic tag team who's doing maybe some of the most entertaining stuff they've ever done over the past year. I'm with Alo, who I know as a kid loved the Hardy Boys. I think that was part of what was getting to me. When they won the belts, I know I gave Alo a big hug. I could not have been more excited. I don't even honestly I don't even remember anything about the match except the Swanton Bomb and and Matt every once in a while doing yeah. the delete. Not going full bore on it, but he was definitely encouraging people to do it. And then Vince yeah. cut, 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 cut the camera. Cut yeah. it. <laughs> I I really couldn't have been happier. I, I really that was one of the, the times I felt most lucky to have been in attendance. Uh A Law, I'll go to you first on this. One, did you think this was going to happen? Like, did you think there was any chance that that was going to happen? And what was your feeling when it actually did happen? Well, first of all, I apologize, Big Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think it was going to happen because, you know, I don't trust these dirt sheets. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that... At, at Ring of Honor the night before, they went a ladder match with the with the Young Bucks, which so, I haven't seen, but was allegedly pretty brutal. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we, which we should have went to instead of takeover. Yeah. But I digress. Yes, but um, yeah, I expected. Like, look, I mean, look, why would they do back to back ladder matches in back to back nights, essentially? And then when you rewatch the match, they did spots, but oh, they basically took naps. Yeah, for, for most for most of the match, and I cannot be more excited. I was like, yes! I was so happy. I I literally marked out. I lost. I lost every. I lost everything. I feel like the only thing that was missing from that moment was a Capri Sun. Yeah. <laughs> yes, or or a jammer or something. It, it was it was a per, it was perfect. Like I, I, it's hard for me to legit mark out, but I like really legit marked out. Yeah. For that so moment. did I. And, I. I was blown away. And there. "Quote unquote expedition of gold" mm-hmm. is basically complete because basically they held four tag team titles in a month. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere they went, they won a tag team title. Yeah, and then basically from what we see right now, like Vince is not letting them do the whole broken thing. But I kind of like how the fact they kind of like the thing how Matt's kind of like schizophrenic. He's like mm-hmm. when he'll say like his broken words, his main mm-hmm. broken words. Wonderful. Wonderful, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll just, like, he'll do those words. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll talk normal to just bring up those words. I kind of like that, but I'm quite inter- interested to see what they're actually going to let the guys actually do, how far they actually let them go. Yeah, now why, if they don't want to embrace the broken gimmick, why did they have Michael Cole say, when they came out, things, things are, are about to be, be broken. broken, why would you even <laughs> approach it then if you don't want them to do it? So, here's my theory. Uh-huh. I, I shook my brother when they came out. I was like, <laughs> dude, you don't know what's going on. You have no idea so, how so much he's going to be appreciated. So he knows the Hardys, yeah. of course, because that's when I used to watch wrestling. He used to, you know, sit there with me and bear it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Just tolerate it. But so here's the thing about the broken gimmick. I like that the Hardys, they're coming in now. And for the first, you know... Their sequence in the match, that's like Hardy's greatest hits right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Here you go, boom, 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 spot, spot, spot. And then the finish, too, Hardy's greatest hits. I'm going to jump from something high, and then Matt's going to go and grab the belts. Yeah. But I, so I think when with them coming to WWE, I think they need a reason to be broken. So I think they should build to it rather than just jump right into it. Like, yeah, everybody's going to do the stuff mm-hmm. regardless right now. But I think they yeah, should Yeah, they were still, doing it anyway. Even yeah, when they weren't yeah. there. <laughs> they should just find a reason for them to be broken. Yeah, because yeah. somewhat... So, if Vince doesn't embrace this, like, you have to understand. You know how... It, with the WWE 
uh, umbrella. Do you know how big that can actually get? Mm-hmm. It's big without it now. Yeah. Imagine how much bigger it can get. Like, imagine... Imagine WWE selling drones mm-hmm. of Vanguard 1. Yeah, imagine what they could do with WWE quality production. <laughs> exactly. Sweaty Matt. Yeah, well, Matt did tweet. I don't know if either of you saw it the other day. Like, it seems like WWE can contain my condition. And then there was a space and it said if it can be contained. Mm-hmm. I did see that. So I, I do think you might be right that it might be like, hey, these guys aren't quite right. And maybe they will tell something storyline-wise that leads to them being broken in WWE. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. But like, it's, this is another thing for us to look forward to. Um, and one thing I always talk about, I'm not like a wrestling encyclopedia. I don't remember dates. I typically, I, like, I'll, I won't remember like every match on a certain card. I'll remember like moments. And to me, like this was a moment. One of the biggest moments probably in the last decade. Because that was a beloved tag team that has done great things elsewhere, that's now back, boom, like one second, they're right back on the biggest stage with the titles, wowing the crowd like they always did. That that was the WrestleMania moment for me. I think that even outshined The Undertaker. But how cool is it that we got to see, one, like the return of such an iconic tag team, like that was the start of something new, hopefully. And then we got to see like the end of something, like... Something going by the wayside. Uh, it was cool. I, I like that you compared the way this event unfolded to the Ultimate Thrill Ride because there was ups and downs throughout it. There was twists and turns. Uh, like the the New Day said in the opening segment, like you'll be excited. You you might you might shed some tears. Like I I went through that range of emotions being there, and it made I think I got addicted to WrestleMania where I don't think I want one to happen <laughs> where I'm not there for it. I'm already thinking about next year. <laughs> 300, 367 days away or whatever it is. Right when I dropped you off at your house. Yeah, I told, I told Ayla when I got out of the car on Monday, I don't think I'm letting anyone not come next year. I'm so, totally fine with that, Ron. I'll yeah, be there. Anyone listening who considers himself a friend of mine, I hope you start planning now <laughs> because you will be at WrestleMania in New Orleans next year. Um, more activity for the tag teams on Raw than we've seen in a while. But the Hardys get their first win. It's the first time they've been on Raw in nine years. Um, the New Day faces the debuting Revival. I know Pratt yes. was marking out for that. Oh, my God. When I heard that, when that music hit, I'm just like the crowd. <laughs> like, they're so good. Who booked that? I don't know. Did you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. We have our answer. Um, well, well. Thanks, Brian James. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey Graves marking out for them, I yes. thought was great. Like to just put them over like that immediately. Like commentary is yeah. so important, and that's the one thing that I feel like WWE like really lets go by the wayside. Yeah, he made them feel super because mm-hmm. he was so happy here mm-hmm. over there. <laughs> I liked that they got put over as being like smart and crafty and technical, and. I like that they, you know, boom, right into who they are. They injure Kofi after the match. Like, you, everybody knows. If you don't watch NXT, you know who they are now. Yeah, even, yeah. There was even a spot um, <clears throat> before the ending, before the Shatter Machine set up where um, Scott Dawson ta- tagged in Wilder. Mm-hmm. And Wilder didn't even come in the ring. He just lay yeah. on the apron mm-hmm. playing, de- playing dead to think that he wasn't even the legal man. He got yeah. taken out. I thought that was great. But I'm happy to see him because we need some energy in the tag team vision because it's been horrible. I think Enzo and Kaz may end up going to SmackDown. 
so because SmackDown can have another SmackDown can have another bigger tag team because like the tag team division is kind of like really full on Raw now. So I do think we'll get Enzo and Cass because they, they, they won't they'll be lost in the shuffle because I think Cesaro and Sheamus they're still a thing. Yeah, the revivals now, so they'll be lost in the shuffle. So I think I think they man man going to SmackDown. And I do think the revival are the ones that take the tag titles off the Hardys down the line, maybe around June, July. Well, speaking of energy in the tag team division, did either of you realize how over Sheamus and Cesaro could actually be? Not at all. I was so when they and announced Cash that match, were actually I was getting so booed. Upset. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, they're gonna do this match again. And then when when Cesaro and Sheamus came out, I, first of all, I have. a Whole new respect for Sheamus. <laughs> I know you For do. being the one guy to come up to us, you know. <laughs> I'm yelling at everybody, just saying hi. And yeah. Sheamus actually takes his time, comes out, gives me a fist bump. Thanks, Sheamus. With the million <laughs> stitches in his head. Yeah. Dude's fist is, like, the size of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, like, shocked. One, at, at the, the reaction they were getting, the chance they were getting, and the fact that the crowd was actually booing Cass's hot tag. I was like, wow, I, I'm really surprised by this, but encouraging for those guys. Dude, every time, I'm sorry, but every time Enzo takes a bump, I just think of you and I laugh. Well, because I'm like, oh my God, I think he's going to die. <laughs> I think he's going to die or get paralyzed every time he takes a bump because he really looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. As funny as he is, as entertaining as he can be, I he terrifies me. Even when he climbed the ladder, I was like, oh, I yeah. gotta kill yeah, yeah, every time He's on the first row of the ladder, I'm like, oh my God, don't do it. Somebody pull him off now. Every time I see Enzo now, I just think of the Royal Rumble when he's about to go in and face Brock. Like, I can't get that image out of my head. But it's a good image to have. Um, moving on to the pre-show. A match that probably shouldn't have been on the pre-show, but it was. The Cruiserweight title match, Austin Aries against Neville. I thought it was a great match. Oh, excellent! Yeah, I think they the, laid into each other. The only thing that held it back was the fact that it was not part of the actual show. Do you think that was done to keep it from overshadowing everything else? I don't think so. I think it was more of we need something that's going to be exciting to be on this pre-show, and let's put these guys on here because they had at least they had faith in Austin Aries to you know put them out there, and I think they did a great job. They really laid into each other, um, and going back to the eye injury with Aries was a great way to finish. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, yeah, it was a really good match. That was the first thing we saw, right? Mm-hmm. It was the first match yeah, of the night. First match of the night. I mean, good way to kick it off. Yeah. Me invested immediately. Seeing Aries walk down in the, the blazing sun <laughs> with the, the jacket on, I was yeah. like, he really does look incredible walking down there. Yeah, right we now. talked about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe that he actually had the balls to do that in that heat. Yeah, Ayla, your thoughts yeah, on I this lo- match? I love this match. This was an excellent match and perfect way to perfect way to start. Like they legit try to kill each other out there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and the fact that like um, Aries got dumped on his head on a German a releasing. Yes, oh my yes, God, that, that was that, that looked rough. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second time he couldn't even get up to do, yeah. but never do, never do the next suplex. But it was a great match. I like the it said prep hit on the finish with going back to the eye injury. I thought that was a, a pay, I thought it was great. They paid homage to that. And I don't know if you saw Aries gets a, he's the new number one he's the number one contender again mm-hmm. at on, at the two hundred five loss. Okay, so I didn't go know right that, back but, to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not a lot of payoff for the cruiserweights on Raw, but we did get a match Neville against Mustafa Ali. That dude is so good. He is. I can't wait to see them, you know, uh, take the chains off to steal a, a phrase from uh, Curtis Axel. 
<laughs> the trains are off. <laughs> I can't wait to see them really run with Mustafa Ali because that dude is fun to watch. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, that whole that Spanish fly. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my god. They did it again. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he's great. Uh, we'll get to what was my least anticipated match on the Raw side of things. Uh, Brock and Bill. <laughs> that I'll mention match again. Is awesome. I'll mention again. Bill <laughs> blocked us on Twitter because he couldn't take the heat. Uh, I called him out for being a hypocrite. He blocked me. He wasn't man enough to, to face the music. I will thank WWE for keeping this out of the main event because it shouldn't have been. What I will say, though, is that th- this match was what kind of it needed to be. Um, I was annoyed by it for a multitude of reasons. One, I did not. I don't feel like I should be watching Bill as a champion in 2017 at WrestleMania. Also... The fans during this match really confused the hell out of me because they show Goldberg early on in the show and he gets booed. Then he's coming down the ramp and they're chanting Goldberg. And this isn't a case of half the fans are chanting, half the fans are booing. The same fans who were booing are now chanting Goldberg. And then when Goldberg gets introduced, the fans who are chanting are now booing. And then they're cheering when he's hitting every spear. But then when Lesnar kicks out, they're cheering, saying, thank God. It's like, it, you can't you can't <laughs> cheer and boo the guy at the same time. It makes no sense to me. It's like you either like him or you don't. I don't know. I was, I was just like, I, I can't figure out what is happening here. And I was really annoyed by that. Um, but yeah, the match was what it needed to be. It was basically four minutes and 50 seconds of finishers. Yeah. <laughs> really? The the spot one of the spots of the night really and it wasn't that big of a deal maybe it is was Lesnar jumping over the one spear I was he did that I remember I looked at you because I was not engaged in this match at all and Brock jumped over Bill and I was like oh oh my god like I did not see that coming so you thought this was a good match yeah I it it was like you said exactly what it needed to be. It was two guys just killing each other with finishers until Brock finally came out on top like it should be. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I mentioned this to you guys when we were on the car ride home. He legitimately looked, like, happy. Like, he looked like he cared that he won the title, mm-hmm. and he's moving on to, like, a better, you know, yeah. program. Yeah, I felt the same thing. Like, he he was happy to be the champion again. Uh, Alo, your thoughts? Remember the old SmackDown games before you start the match, you could put your, your finisher to 100? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what this finisher. was like. This, this is what this was. <laughs> but, um, whether, like it or not, this match was better than WrestleMania 20. <laughs> so, you, people, had nothing, people really had nothing to complain about, basically, about this match. Because this was actually a match. It was just the fact that you got finishers and 10 German suplexes. Mm-hmm. So, you have nothing really, really to complain about. Goldberg took his bumps. He's gone. Everybody has a reason to be. Everybody's happy in the situation. Brock actually looks happy to be there even on Raw. He looked happy to have the title and happy to be there for once for the first time in actual probably more over a year now. Yeah, I, I had said numerous times on the podcast, I can't wait till WrestleMania when I don't have to see Bill anymore and now WrestleMania has come and gone and hopefully that's the last we've seen of him. I, I will not shed any tears for Bill being off my WWE television program. Did you see his promo on Raw? I heard about it. To me, it sounds like it was basically the same thing he did in his first promo. Was 
put over his family and my kid getting to see me do this and whatever. Well, he, well, he also talked about how the the fans didn't want to, really want to see him here, mm-hmm. but I did it for the people who do like me. I did it for my family, and um, I found. Did you see a clip of his son falling over the barricade? No. <laughs> <laughs> when was this on Raw? Yeah, it was on Raw Talk. Okay. Immediately after Raw, so his son comes over the barricade and he falls, and <laughs> Goldberg says. You see, he took more bumps than me already. <laughs> so, so he actually acknowledged that people didn't want to see him. So I, I thought it was a good, a, a, came straight from the heart. He even said this is not, this isn't scripted. I think I put him in a position where he had to address it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, he said basically, this is my last run, but I did it for my family and for, the, for that little boy over there. But so it was a respectable promo, and he's gone. Yeah, well, good for your family. Uh, unfortunately, I'm more of a greater good kind of guy. <laughs> and, yeah, it was not for the greater good, Bill. But, anyway, hope you had fun, and uh, hopefully I never see you again. SmackDown segment. Well, actually, the, the one that bridges the gap, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Anybody have anything particularly good to say about this? I went to go get a beer. Did you? Yeah, I came back at the end. Alo? No. I will say this. I was going to be pissed if Sammy didn't win. And at one point, there was maybe like five guys left. And I looked at Alo and I was like, what if Mojo Rock? What if Mojo Yeah, Rally I said the same thing too. And I'm like, Gronk is there. And I, I think I even said to you, I was like, I'll be okay if Mojo wins if Gronk gets involved. And he did. I was cool with that. I don't see Mojo ever being some kind of star. I don't. I hope they don't think he's going to be. Vince likes him. He does, but I think eventually he'll fizzle out. But we see him with his interview with Dasha on SmackDown. Just did Mojo Mojo shtick. What is wrong with her? She, she just like didn't get the hype thing. She's like, you can feel it, can't you? And she's like, no. no. I was gonna. You know what? I didn't feel it, so I don't, I don't think she was lying. Um, but opening match of the main WrestleMania card, we had AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. I had said maybe a month, six weeks ago when it was first being floated that this was going to be a match that I thought it was disgraceful for AJ to get put in a match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. They really did a good job with this. They they did a good job building a story very quickly that invested people, that had both of them engaged. And they actually, i got to give them credit, that was a hell of a match. Shane put on a good match without doing anything insane. Like, people were talking about, you know, oh, the, see the canopy up there? He's going to be climbing that. I can't believe that this guy that we met is actually, like, he's like, yeah, well, they put that ring up there so uh, Shane can jump off of it. And then I get to the arena, and I see the ring, and I'm like, there's no way. This is so high. Yeah, like, there was absolutely no way he was going to do that. But it was actually a good wrestling match. Shane, who his punches in recent months or whenever we've seen him, Looked pretty terrible. Where he's actually pretty stiff. He gave AJ a black eye. I think AJ probably told him like, "No, just yeah. lay into me. I'll mm-hmm. be fine." And he did, and it, it, it helped the match out a lot. Like you, you were able to actually buy into it. I think I said maybe it was the last time you were here. I didn't like that. They made it look like AJ was afraid of Shane. Yeah. And it's like, well, Shane convinced you that he actually had a chance. So I was happy with that. Now, I know Alo enjoyed this match when it happened. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Was this a match that you liked more rewatching it, or you did like it at the time? Uh, at the time, I I was just getting used to my views, so mm-hmm. I was 
I was still trying to find like, all right, what should should I look at the screen? Should I look at the ring? Um, I popped for the spots, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I did when I rewatched it. Uh, so going to a live event is kind of tough. Uh, mm-hmm. When you watch it on TV, you have commentary. And, you know, with short attention spans, you know, it's easy to, like, look around at the set or something yeah. else. So you're always looking at the top to see, oh, is, mm-hmm. are they setting up? What's next, you know? So, yeah, definitely on rewatch, I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. Alo, your thoughts on this match? I love this match. Because on SmackDown, we were saying how it didn't get a stipulation. It was like, okay, this is odd. This is match is going to get a stipulation. Because that's what Shane Man excels at. Stipulation mm-hmm. matches. You know, you don't go and get your Shane The ultimate shame. risk taker. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you don't get your Shane Man stuff. And then on SmackDown, they also hit it on how AJ's saying, this is a wrestling match. You know, if you get if you get counted out, you get disqualified. Um, you can get counted out. You can get disqualified. Stuff like that. So they actually, in the from the jump, it was an actual wrestling match. You know, mm-hmm. Shane actually did traditional wrestling moves. We saw Angle Slam. We saw Rawls out of Shane. We saw actual wrestling moves, so they actually stuck to that story, and in a way, they still got the Shane stuff in there, too, with Shane getting knocked out, I mean, the ref getting knocked out, and Shane being able to do the coast to coast. Mm-hmm. I did like when AJ tried to do it, and he, actually, yeah. and he didn't get it, but I thought they, they told a great story, they kept to the story of the match, and that Shane man actually put it put in work, because they always always say Shane is, they see Shane there as one of the guys, and he showed that he was actually one of the guys, because mm-hmm. you, you could never take anything away from Shane man. Now, if this was a dip, maybe a street fight, maybe the match would have been better, but for an actual wrestling match, from an in-ring perspective, this was actually a good match, and AJ Styles is going to get the best out of anybody. Yeah, it, it was good, and one thing I popped for was when AJ got into the ring, and his hair was blowing like he was John Morrison. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know why I I was laughing so hard at that. I, I think I even said to Halo, I was like, look how good he looks with his hair just blowing in the wind. Um, I thought that was great. Uh, Shane addressed the shakeup uh, with Shane on SmackDown saying, actually, first of all, I like that Shano got choked up at the crowd chanting for him on SmackDown. Um, because he really did do a hell of a job on Sunday, and he deserves to be recognized for it. Um, he put over SmackDown Live as the, the land of opportunity, saying anyone on that Raw roster should be hoping that they get sent over here. And then AJ coming out saying, I'm not going anywhere. SmackDown Live is the house that AJ Styles built. And then tell Shane, I owe you something, shakes his hand, and then walked out saying, you know, you earn my respect. But I think it's kind of cool that Shane, three weeks ago, came out on SmackDown with a black eye from AJ. Mm-hmm. And after WrestleMania, AJ comes out with a black eye from Shane. Yeah. Um, do you think AJ is going to be on Raw after next week? I think that was... Yeah. He's, his swan he's, song on yeah, SmackDown? Yeah, I think that was his swan song on SmackDown. And a slow burn towards probably a face turn when he gets there. Yeah. Alo? I don't think so. Well, it's kind of up Because there has to be one big move. And one of the big moves could be AJ for Roman. But I don't know. Because that's the only big move I can actually see is AJ, AJ and Roman swapping. So I'll say yeah. That's the only Because that's the only big thing I actually kind of think of. Yeah, I feel like it's coming. Um, it seems like it is. I don't, I don't – I really have no real reason to believe one way or the other. It's, I don't feel like they're really hinting too heavily at it. But I could see AJ going. I could see that that being why they had him address it. Because I mean, maybe that he'll be mad now that he got sent to Raw. I don't know. I mean, it bummed me out, but at least we still got the goat, the Miz, on uh, SmackDown. I just hope it doesn't. I hope the story isn't that he's cool with Shane now. And now he goes to Raw and has problems with Stephanie. 
<laughs> because that could be exactly where it goes. Yeah. Uh, WWE Championship match. Bray Wyatt against Randy Orton. This was the low point of the show for me. Unfortunately, I'm a big Bray Wyatt guy. I've been championing Bray Wyatt since we started this show. I've been championing, championing this story that they've told for the last, whatever it is, seven months. It was the worst match on the card. I, I just think, and I've been saying this for a while, if Bray Wyatt is supposed to be a mystical character with mystical characteristics... May let him be mystical. Don't go halfway with it. Where there's some some things about him are mystical, but not all the way. Like either push it all the way and let that be his character, or don't do it at all and let him just be some cult leader who's very manipulative and underhanded. I just don't see like they're they're doing him a disservice by letting him be kind of kind of that, but not really. Like I think we talked about this with the. Uh, the maggots showing up on the screen and the cockroaches and the worms. The first time he saw them, it freaked Randy out. He rolled out of the ring and got out of there. Then the next two times it happened, it had no effect on him. So it's like, why did you even do it? Other than to just say, oh, we put some cool graphics in the ring. Like, we did something different. It's like it, it didn't ultimately mean anything. They didn't go all the way with it. Alo, I know you talked about if Randy does not win this title, he did all this for nothing. But do you feel at all like as much as they tried to build up Bray Wyatt the last seven months, it means nothing for him? But for Randy Orton? For Bray Wyatt. Like, do you think now this means nothing for Bray Wyatt? This doesn't mean anything. Like, this, this match was horrible. There's no explaining this. I, want, I, I know Donovan wants to talk, but there's no explaining this match was mm-hmm. horrible. It, it was probably worse than the no, no Mercy match they had in October. Like, like you said about the Supernatural thing, go all the way with it. It freaked them up the first time, and the second time, they each time, they do it, what, three times? Mm-hmm. And each time it was something different, and he didn't freak out the other two times, which made no sense. If you're doing that, let it freak you out every time and actually, like, kind of freak you out a bit. But he didn't do that. And then he beat you in the middle of the ring clean. Like, that made no sense to me. I'm like, okay, what is this? Even on SmackDown, there's no explanation for this. On SmackDown, they kind of went all the way mm-hmm. with the whole Supernatural thing, but still, like, what is this? And he came out on the wrong end of it. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Like this, like what like what is this? And now I like the fact that it's, it's, it's more about the title now because for the, because of this whole build it wasn't about the title. But like, what what, what was that? Because I already knew this was, this wasn't gonna be the best match on the card. Because Bray Wyatt, he he's not gonna put he's 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 not gonna put on the clinic. He's more of a story guy. Mm-hmm. But like, what, what was that? I do, I don't know. <laughs> Prep, you got any answers for Halo? <laughs> so, just like you, this was the low point for me, and. So I I wanted Bray Wyatt to win. Yeah, I get I did Randy too. had did the, the, you know it would have been him doing all that for nothing. But what? Why does Randy Orton need the title at this point in his career? No, like Bray Wyatt has been a character that hasn't needed a title, but now that he had it, he needs it more than ever. Oh, why yeah. would you lose it? In this terrible match, he needed a title because he was horrible before then. So he needed he needed a title. He's sh- a character like that shouldn't need a title, but he needs it because he's been nothing. Yeah. So I'm not the only one who thinks Randy is just like a vanilla champion. Like it does nothing, nothing to move the needle. It does nothing to excite anybody. No, you couldn't argue that this is a burial for Randy Orton. And then my, my thing is. People talk about Triple H burying people. Randy Orton has a nice list himself. Mm, yeah, did you come prepared with your list? Or yes, is that I for did. Day? Anybody remember the Kofi Kingston? Stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid. You remember that? 
when he broke the uh, racing car when Kofi. Remember he yeah it was doing, during that during that storyline he had the RKO in the ring he started saying stupid 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 oh my god and then the whole legacy breakup at WrestleMania 26 they had a triple threat Randy Orton won he didn't have to win put mm-hmm. Cody and Ted, Ted over even when he feuded with Cody again um, in 2011 2012 he didn't put Cody over and don't get me started on Christian because Christian didn't even <laughs> beat him clean once and Christian <laughs> had to spit in his face to win the title. Yeah. It's like, hey, Randy, you're going to win, but you got to make Bray very <laughs> strong. Yeah. That's ultimately what it was, although he did not he come didn't. through on that. That. Was, that was a really bad match. And it's like you said, all that supernatural stuff for nothing. It just looked like some cheesy projector shit on the damn ring. Yeah, if it would have played into the finish of the match, yeah, well, yeah. people probably would be like, oh, that was cool. But because yeah. it, it led to nothing, you're like, why? Yeah, it just looked silly. Yeah, because my thing to Ron was like, okay, if Bray wins, when Orion bangs his fist for the RKO, the screen, um, something's going to pop up on the ring again. And in that, and that's how Orion just freaked out and walked in the sister Abigail. That's how I thought he was going to win. But that didn't even happen. <laughs> like, 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 what was the point of it? <laughs> I was glad, and you guys know I'm not big on like deriding the talent other than Bill. I liked that there was a very mixed reaction to Randy on SmackDown. Like, people were not cheering him coming out as the champion. But even on SmackDown, the story still didn't pay off. Oh, um, Eric Rowan comes back, and <laughs> oh, Luke's gonna team with Randy? Mm-hmm. Oh, how's this gonna work? Well, this is stupid. Yeah, like, the enemy of my enemy. Uh, yeah. The, the one good thing that came out came about it, though. One, I'm very curious what this House of Horrors match is going to oh, be. Oh, God. I, know, I hope it's tell, better than the Asylum match. Let me tell you exactly okay. what it's going to be, Ron. It's going to be a stupid cage, right? Yeah. And then, Hell in a Cell cage, right? Probably, with the dumb projections on the ring. That's exactly yeah. what it's going to be. I was hoping it would be like an on-location... No. Like I thought Final deletion too. style. Huh? Like Final Deletion yeah. style. I, d- I thought that, too. I was like, no, this is probably in a cage... Or and like, it's like like the if you hit a post or a certain bump that the ring was going to have a projection on it. Maybe the whole match the ring has a projection going on. I don't know, but you already know since this is Bray Wyatt's match, Bray Wyatt's going to get the title back because this is his, this is his match. Well, I hope so. Because that's um, how, that's how that's how they usually book it. If you come up with some crazy stipulation match yourself, you usually win it. Yeah. I was more happy when Feel the Glow was projected <laughs> on the ring. <laughs> And then on top of that, you bring Eric Rowan back again, and he loses he again. Loses. He's the same Eric Rowan he was before he exactly. left. Yeah. What an even worse what? mask. Oh, my God. What was that? You don't like the sheep gas mask? I do not like the sheep gas mask. <laughs> um, the one good thing that came out of all of this, though, is Luke Harper looked like a million bucks on SmackDown. As always. One, he looks in phenomenal shape. I don't know if it's just that he's not wearing the baggy gross it's the t-shirt black tank. and the baggy it's jeans. The black tank, yeah. But I feel like he looks like he looks so much better than he ever did before. I, I mean, his work's always his been unbelievable. Bald spot. No. Yeah, I mean, his work's always been great, but I feel like he looks like something now, not just a tag along to Bray Wyatt. And then the fact that it was a, um, the first SmackDown after Mania, quote unquote. I thought maybe Harper was going to turn on turn on Randy, but That's that didn't ha- but that didn't happen because you're you're you're, re- you're re-qual- recalling them the Wyatt family with Aaron mm-hmm. Rowan, but nothing happened. Yeah, I expected more to happen with that than it did. Um, Intercontinental Championship. These guys were not on the on the Go Home SmackDown. They were not on the main WrestleMania card fighting for the Intercontinental Championship. I think I was so disgusted by that because I didn't know it was moved to the pre-show. 
I don't even really remember anything about the match. I just was annoyed. Like, why are these guys getting relegated to the to the pre-show? Word on the street was Dean was being punished for being drunk at the Hall of Fame again. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, this this match was nothing special. It was a regular two star special. Mm-hmm. Baron Corbin should have won. He didn't. And then they have a match the next day, and then. Baron Corbin, you know, it's not even for the title. Yeah, he wins a non-title match. Yeah, he wins a, a non-title match in a street fight, which was fun. Yeah, that was actually yeah, a good. I match. like that, that was match, better than. The... Yeah, I didn't care for WrestleMania match. I will tell you how Dean Ambrose is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like he just shows up sometimes. Yeah, I was glad though that I, I would have been annoyed if they moved that match to the pre-show and the title show ha- the title change happened on the pre-show. I feel mm-hmm. like if he's going to win that Intercontinental Championship, make sure it's on the actual show. So, I was okay with him not winning it, but only because it was on the pre-show. Um, women's Championship. Uh, this was another match that was kind of rushed. We had Alexa Bliss defending against every available woman. It was Carmella, Natty, Becky, Mickey, and Naomi. A few things I just want to run off right from the top about the, the women's match on the WrestleMania card. Carmella pulling Ellsworth down the <laughs> I popped for that. Ellsworth's gear I loved in this match. Um, I liked that Naomi, it is her hometown, but she got a huge pop when she came out. I liked that they let her entrance be last. Her, her entrance, I think, is great. Uh, I didn't know what Becky's look was, what she was going for. Pocahontas. I guess. Um it was match. It, it was rushed, but I, I loved the closing sequence of the match, with Naomi hitting the rear view on Alexa, her rolling out of the ring, her hitting the suicide dive on top of the pile, rolling Alexa in, who is the champ. I like that she actually beat the champ. Beat the champ. Yeah. But that sequence where she spr- springboard off the top rope into a forearm, Alexa goes for the pin, and she just somehow flips her into that submission. Which he, I don't think she'd ever done before Mania. Mm-mm-mm. I love that sequence. I popped for it. I was like, that was a good way to close that match. It was rushed, but they closed it well. She got a convincing championship win, um, and then she followed it up on Tuesday by doing the same thing. Um, Alo, I know you felt this was rushed too. I think you said you even felt bad for for these women. But do you at least like where they're going, or do you think do you, are you still set on Alexa should be the champ? No hands, ifs, or buts about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the way they're going because it's mm-hmm. some, something new. You know, and we just we touched earlier. I think maybe you see Alexa and Charlotte swap shows yeah. to get something fresh because SmackDown they they use all their women and basically use almost all the combinations already. So swapping Charlotte with Alexa will be something will be something new. And for for somebody for Naomi to face, that's mm-hmm. new. That's new. They could have a great match too, I think. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, Charlotte would destroy her with the mic, though. By the but, oh yeah, but Eric, but even Alexa did it too. Mm-hmm. But, but um, I think the match was rushed. It wasn't. It was no Vicky Guerrero Invitational. <laughs> it was. It was not that. But I just felt bad because like they got the match before the um the match for the the, the semi semi main event. They got that spot and they only got like, what four minutes. You said. Something like it's that. It's like 4.45 four, four, or something four like that. 4.46 or something like that. Yeah, but it's like, that's not the spiral one, man. Like, if you was going to give him that, just kept him on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. They would have got more time there. Yeah. Uh, prep? I'm happy that Naomi won. 
And I'm going to be even happier when Alexa Bliss is on Raw. <laughs> For sure. I think she has... Uh, I, and is it just me or is Becky Lynch getting a little stale? Yeah. So she might need to move too. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Becky a lot, but they haven't done much with her for a while. She's definitely been like, kind of like when Seth was feuding with Jericho and Owens. It was like yeah. Seth was like the third, third rung in that wheel. Yeah. That's kind of how Becky is. She's like the afterthought of every every story that's going on. Yeah. Um, I did like seeing Ellsworth take the uh, Bexploder <laughs> yeah. when he tried to hit the no. I love that he wanted to no chin music, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> but then that she just caught it and, and suplexed him, I thought was great. That dude is so lucky. He just, like, he won the lottery. He did, and, and it's mostly just for being goofy looking. Yeah. I find him entertaining as hell. Like, I know, <laughs> I okay know some people don't too. like him. I know some people... I love the guy. Wish they they weren't doing anything with him, but I find him entertaining. I think he's fun to watch, and I'm just happy for the guy. Like, that is one man who never thought he'd be in the position that he's in right exactly. now. Exactly. I still watch the shopping spree. <laughs> that was great. Still. Yeah, I pop for his for his gear every week to see what he looks like, and just that he he becomes like she makes him look smaller and smaller every week that goes by. So does Carmella stay on SmackDown? Enzo and Cass go there, and Cass kill him. Uh, I wouldn't hate that. I mean, that'd be a fun story. Yeah. Everybody finally saw them together at the Hall of Fame, so exactly. they might have to acknowledge it at some point. Mm-hmm. Although it took them how long to acknowledge Cena and Nikki? That's but, different. That's different. That's John Cena. Yeah. True. He has rules. Yeah. That is true. A lot of rules. <laughs> Speaking of Nikki and John Cena, the mixed tag match that nobody wanted to see like a month ago and everybody couldn't wait for by the time it came around... Was this the best build that they did for anything leading up to WrestleMania? Yes. Yes. So you guys both agree. I feel that way too. Like this is the E in WWE. This was very entertaining yeah. every week. Good promos. Them, you know, filming stuff on location, acting like John and Nikki was great every time they did it. Uh, the confrontations they had, using a lot of real stuff, like real life stuff, yeah, to tell the story. Miss. Like, legitimately sound like he hates John Cena. Yeah. I mean, him coming out as Cena, it, it was great. But a lot of, nobody in that crowd really likes John Cena. And I would guess a lot of them don't like The Miz either. But if people that hate The Miz are going to root for him against anyone, it's John Cena. He was shocked he was getting cheered at the Hall of Fame when we were there. He's like, you guys are cheering for me? Mm-hmm. He comes out. He is destroying Cena for like the first four minutes of the match. And the crowd was, it wasn't a Hardy's pop, but that crowd was on fire for that sequence of that match. And I was like, this, like, this is great. Like, this crowd loves this. I'm entertained by it. I like that it wasn't just the Miz goes out and gets squashed because that was what I kind of thought was going to happen. I'm pretty sure he didn't even take the pin. They it was both, Maurice, right? No, they both double pinned. Yeah. But he wasn't the legal man. Like, it wasn't him that technically got the loss. I loved this match. I loved the build to it. I loved all the, the sketches they did. Prep, you, did you did you actually enjoy the match, and did you feel the match paid off the story? Yeah, it's like Alo said when we, when we were leaving. It's like, Miz, that was Miz's match. Like, mm-hmm. And obviously we already knew what the outcome was going to be. But it's... 
it was just a sight to see. Like John Cena, the ultimate pro. Mm-hmm. Like love him or hate him, he's the ultimate pro. And Miz is great. Maurice, she's the, she's a way worse worker than Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Ayla, what are your thoughts on the on what, how this match turned out? It was fun. <laughs> it, it was fun. I said everybody was on fire for the Miz the entire match. Mm-hmm. Like Prep said, Maurice is Maurice is Maurice. Even though she's a former Divas champion, she's, she's yeah. whatever. How much fun was it to do the yes chant with him doing the? the <laughs> it was yeah. great. Was it was great. And nobody said no because before mm-hmm. they were, they would always say yeah. no, but actually chant chant yes for. Her. I thought I thought it was a fun match, and you can't expect much of out of a mixed tag, but the heat was there on um, the Miz and Maurice and Cena and Nikki. They prevailed, and they actually. Like, like basically, you can say Miz and Maurice both got to come up and because yeah. of the finish with the double mm-hmm. AAs and well, the AA and the um, TKO. Yes, they got their comeuppance in another way. But real quick before I get to that, one of my favorite spots of the whole match, and it's a spot you see in almost every tag match. But for, I don't know why in this particular one I loved it. As Cena's just getting killed at the beginning of the match, and he's trying to stagger his way over to the corner to hit the tag. Maybe it was just my vantage point of the ring. Seeing Maurice run around and pull oh, yeah. Nikki pull off Nikki. the apron, I that like I popped for that too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it might have just been my vantage point, like that I actually saw the whole thing happen. <laughs> it wasn't like I was watching on TV and I just saw her get pulled off. I saw her run around. Um, but they got their comeuppance in another way by them saying John was never going to marry Nikki and all this stuff. And of course, John has has been predicted for a while. I think nobody wanted to believe it. But we got the, the big proposal. And even that, that probably will go down as like a memorable WrestleMania moment. It's two of the biggest stars in the company. And my guess is you'll probably see a lot of WrestleMania montages in the future that show at least a clip of that as part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure none of us wanted to see that happen at WrestleMania. Did, I- anyone, did anyone's mind change by the time it got there? I didn't mind it because I didn't mind it at all. I wasn't bothered by it. Prep. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't bother me either. I just hope the next person I marry doesn't expect it from me. <laughs> In the middle of a ring. Yeah. <laughs> and probably like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar wedding ring, or if yeah. not more. Oh my god. Yeah, because Angel was like, "Oh my!" Angel texted me. They didn't even say how how's the, how's the show. I saw the ring. That's all she said to me. <laughs> uh, Smackdown the next night. Miz and Maurice obviously still have an axe to grind, saying that uh, only Cena would use a proposal as a WrestleMania moment. <laughs> Maurice so saying, funny. we backed John into a corner. He had so to propose. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they uh, call out John and Nikki uh, later on in SmackDown, only to find them come out to Cena's theme music dressed as Cena and Marie, or as and Nikki, Playing up to the crowd. Crowd again loved it. That promo was great. Just destroying Cena and Nikki and them saying you're not going to see them on SmackDown again for a long time. How long are they supposed to be out? Does anybody know? I don't know, but I know he's filming a movie and I think she's going to just rest her neck. Yeah, I think she's taking time off. Yeah. So even though they lost the battle at WrestleMania, it seems like they won the war because they're still around. They're still around, yeah. And Cena and Nikki are not. Um... This also led to maybe the biggest moment on SmackDown. All of a sudden, someone's playing the violin at the top of the ramp, and Nakamura comes out. 
I think we all assumed he was going to go to Raw. We all wanted him oh, to go no, to SmackDown. We did. Oh, no, we didn't. We I did said, I've been saying SmackDown since day one. Even see, at I NXT, like, we said, we chanted, see you Tuesday. See, I think that, I felt like that's what people wanted, not what people expected. I, expected I thought for sure he was going to Raw. to go to SmackDown. And there were people I was talking to on the way out of TakeOver that were saying, like, we're at Raw tomorrow night, so I'd love to see him there. I hope he goes to SmackDown, but they thought he was going to end up on Raw as well. I just thought they were, Raw was like, nope, we need him. Because that seemed like that's what happened with the draft. <laughs> no, I like, said, no, we got him, we got him, we got her. No, I said SmackDown specifically because he's Japanese. Mm-hmm. And he, he'll, he'll be protected. He's not, and SmackDown's a shorter show, and he has to go out there and cut 20-minute promos, because that's not going to be him. I think it's the better fit for him, but I thought he was going to end up on Raw just because they see, oh, this guy's something, so we need him on Raw. I was happy. He killed it without saying a word. Uh, a coworker of mine who is a very, very casual wrestling fan, barely watches it. He turned on SmackDown last night, and he texts me, what's this guy doing with the violin? And I was like, well, it's got to be Nakamura, because I wasn't watching it yet, so it kind of got spoiled for me, although I knew it was coming since he wasn't on Raw. I was like, well, it's got to be Nakamura. He's awesome. And then he texts me later. He's like, what is the deal with this guy? Everybody loves him. I was like, there's just something about him. Like, he's got this weird thing that, like, he's just so different from everybody else. There's nobody else quite like him. Um, I come into work today, and he was playing The Rising Sun all day at work today. (laughs) And he kept putting on YouTube his entrance last night. So that shows you, like, we probably could get accused of, like, we're, we're Marks in a way. We love Nakamura. Like, we may go overboard with reacting to him coming out. But this is a guy who doesn't watch. Who immediately is like, I'm going to start watching Dude, SmackDown. I got to show you Angel doing the Nakamura handstand. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, what's this? I was yeah. like, oh my God. Like, Angel, I don't even know. <laughs> but, but everybody loves it. He's Freddie Mercury. And wrestling. you believe that him coming out was him issuing a challenge to The Miz? 100%. I, that... That's such a good first feud to him, too. I'm so excited for that. I hope that's the way they go. But obviously him coming out during the entrance or during the Miz's segment, that makes me believe it is. Yeah, it's perfect. because And this was something I talked about a lot this time last year when they weren't letting AJ talk for that first month. And the Miz was doing a lot of that work for him. Like he brings him out on Miz TV and starts talking him up, talking him up, talking him up putting him over but he's doing it in this like really condescending way and every time AJ goes to talk he just interrupts him this will keep Nakamura from having to talk too much and the Miz will just get so much heat and it, it, it's really perfect who the hell do you think you are <laughs> Shinsuke I can see it now he's definitely going to so pronounce good. his name wrong like. yeah he, he absolutely <laughs> will pronounce his name wrong and yeah, I think he will help do for Nakamura what he helped do for AJ last year. Um, unfortunately, Chris Jericho won't be involved in it, but I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Uh, the next big thing, well, anybody, anything anybody else want to say about Nakamura or The Miz? I can't wait. It's going to be so good. I, I cannot wait. Like you said, he's going to do the same thing he did for AJ last year. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it'll be better because... Nakamura, he doesn't, he's a, he doesn't speak clear English, but you ha, do you do know Nakamura. He can 
drop real great one-liners. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he did with Bobby Roode. And Bobby Roode's like, no, no, no. And he'll do that same kind of stuff to The Miz, <laughs> mm-hmm. too. And said, this, The Miz excels at this, introducing somebody. I can't wait for the match. It was, it's going to be, because this whole thing is going to be fun. Like, you'll probably get Miz TV next week yeah. with Nakamura. It's, it's going to be really fun. I, I, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's gonna be really good. So it's safe to say that Miz is safe on SmackDown. Yeah, it's clear to say he, he's so safe too. on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since he basically claimed SmackDown from Cena and Nikki. So, <laughs> last bit from SmackDown, we had yet another debut. The Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, obviously happy to be there. The crowd happy to see him. He destroyed Kurt Hawkins or Chad Hawkins or whatever he's been called on that show. Uh, Jay, I love that JBL loved him. Yeah. Like, that to me was a big deal. What I didn't like was them doing cutaways on his entrance yes. to the crowd. Yeah. I was I was like, pissed. his entrance is like a big part of what like what he does. Why are you cutting it off just to show the crowd for no reason? I, I, I couldn't even do it at home because of that. <laughs> I think they were just trying to help the casuals understand, like, look at look at the crowd. This guy's a big deal. Yeah. Well, hopefully they don't continue to do that because I, I do love his entrance, and I think we need to see it every week. Yeah. Teared up. Yeah, I, I, I was so happy for him. I was so yeah, happy. For, you can even see when he came up to me, he was like so happy. He, he was all smiles. But don't cut away from his entrance. That, that's the best thing. You can't cut away from that. It's so fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a fine match, but again, he landed in the perfect spot for him where they hopefully will find something for him to do. Hopefully they can see succeed with him where they failed with Apollo Crews. But Ty at least has a thing that... Like hooks people, whereas Apollo has never been able to find that. Yeah, Apollo Crews needs to be in a tag team with someone who can talk ASAP. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, any final thoughts from WrestleMania or the Raw or SmackDown after Mania? No, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah I'm, they they hooked me. I was hungover, but as soon as Raw came on, I'm I'm pumped again. Yeah, so I have. One observation to make. Um, we went to TakeOver on Saturday night. And I was left, once again, pretty disillusioned by the crowd. Now, some of it was just a handful of bad apples in the section we were in or the section next to where we were. But I just feel like where NXT... Like, WWE kind of always has that miserable fan base that they're just looking for something to take a dump on. Uh, or something to hate, or something to criticize. NXT was not like that. NXT was like, we're all here to celebrate this cool thing. And I feel like a lot of that misery and negativity is seeping into the NXT fan base. A lot of criticism of Full Sail University. I do think that they put themselves over more than they need to. But I think more so than anything, they're at least enthusiastic. They do cheer everybody on for the most part. And they, they do a lot of times become a, like a, a positive part of the show. But I think a lot of these takeover crowds turn into this ugly beast. But I think Orlando wasn't quite as bad as Brooklyn. I told you guys I think that I'm going to judge this, this. This weekend is going to be a barometer for me for the Brooklyn crowd. Because I had a SummerSlam hangover for like four months. Because oh, of trust that Brooklyn, me, I did it too. Because of that Brooklyn crowd. Um, I feel like being at WrestleMania, it, it proved to me that it is that crowd and not just just the whole WWE crowd as a whole. 
I feel like that crowd wants to put themselves over. That's all they care about is them coming out, people talking about them, or them taking over the show. If you're from Brooklyn, like, just stop doing that. You're, you're not doing yourselves any favors. I kind of can't wait till, as much as I enjoyed going to take over Brooklyn the first time, I hated being at SummerSlam last year. I can't wait till it's not in your city anymore. Like, I can't wait till they move to a new city in 2019. Versus 2018 when they move on. Um, it maybe I think it's 19. I saw, I think so it's, it's this summer and then yeah, yeah, it moves in 2000. Okay, I, I can't wait for it to not be there anymore. Uh, I don't think I'll ever go to another event in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's I may even just watch events in Brooklyn on mute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't take it. I, it's been proven to me beyond the shadow of a doubt that that crowd is just exponentially worse than any of the other crowds I've been in. Because I did not feel that way for an eight-hour show in Orlando. So I wanted to say that. (laughs) NXT TakeOver Orlando. We don't have to break down all the matches. Uh, Russ and Derek did a a phenomenal job on that with Falls Count Anywhere. But we were in attendance. I feel like we should at least address it. So That's what I'm saying about NXT, Mm -hmm. too. Because you said, you you talk about NXT, NXT TV. By itself, it's just it just isn't the same anymore, mm-hmm. and I, I, and they become real formulaic because they rely so much on takeover now because they go out to everywhere else now. Like they, I don't think it's gonna be an NXT takeover at full sale this year because we just got found out they're gonna be um, in Chicago, but they're right. before backlash on May twenty on May twentieth. So they become real formulaic where everything pays off at takeover now. Instead of having payoffs on actual NXT TV, because you get NXT title matches on TV, you get women's title matches on NXT TV, you don't get that anymore. Everything happens at Takeover, so they're actually now in that WWE pattern where they're holding things off until the pay per view, mm-hmm. and that takes away from the show and why people actually loved NXT because every week, any week on NXT TV, anything could happen. Now it doesn't. It's not that everything happens at Takeover. I also, yeah, I don't feel like I'm watching stars or important performers on weekly NXT TV anymore. There was a time when you tune in and you see Kevin Owens, you see Sasha Banks, you see Charlotte, you see Becky Lynch, you see Sami Zayn, Finn Balor. That doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah, you you, you were saying every week, if not every week, every other week. Now mm-hmm. you see the big names supposedly maybe once a month. Or yeah. once every three weeks. Yeah, and we had Enzo and Cass. Uh, yeah, there there was any number of the Vaude villains were beloved in NXT. There there was a lot of people that you would tune in to see, and they were fun to watch. And now it's just kind of like I don't see what I'm investing my time in here. Um, the takeover events do deliver as far as from a match standpoint. The matches are, are typically always good. It's just that the story isn't always there. Match of the night, we all agree was the six-man tag. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the triple threat tag match. Unbelievable. Uh, DIY, The Revival, The Authors of Pain. Match of the year so far in my book. I loved that AJ Cena match from the Rumble. This, to me, exceeded it. Just some of those spots in the middle of the match with, with Dash and Dawson and Gargano and Champa like teaming up with the other team. So good. Was was great. It was great. The teaming suicide dives, them hitting their fin the mixed finishers. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. It was it was great. Them two guys having one of the authors of pain in the double submission. Mm-hmm. I 
it was unbelievable. I was like, wow. Now, it did dip a little bit when DIY left, but I think some of that might have just been like the crowd disappointed that they were out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've read a couple places that almost like that was a negative that the Authors of Pain won. Like, oh, the crowd didn't like that Authors of Pain won. Well, guess what? They're the heels. You're not supposed to like that. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Like, you're not supposed to be cheering at the end when Authors of Pain win. Um, but I just thought that match was unbelievable. Yeah, that match was great. Have either of you watched it back or not? No need to. <laughs> no, I haven't watched it back yet. So at Access on Sunday morning when we were waiting in line... Takeover was just on the TVs around. So I was catching, like, little bits here and there. Uh, and one guy that was behind us in line was asking us about He was like, how was Takeover last night? I went to Ring of Honor. I said, you made the right choice going to Ring of Honor. <laughs> but that match right there, go back and watch it because it was incredible. Yeah, um, they're lucky that that match was that good because I would have been pissed if I had <laughs> paid for that ticket and that match wasn't even good. Yeah, I thought that was incredible. Uh, one of the other things I had an issue with Alistair Black, also known as Tommy End, a pretty revered independent guy, wouldn't you say? You you probably know more about him than I do. Yeah, I love Tommy End. Um, what I heard about him uh, was that he's just a badass. Like, he just exudes that. His walk to the ring, the way he carries himself. So I had never seen him before. So I'm waiting to see this guy. His entrance comes in. I'm like, okay, like, I see it. I get it. Like... I don't even really need to see him wrestle. Like, I'm already hooked. He does his entrance into the ring, like the flip over the rope into, like, the, the Indian-style pose. I'm like, that's awesome. Then they show his face on the screen, and our whole section starts chanting, you look stupid. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Like, one, you don't even know who he is. <laughs> Two, the guy is allegedly really good. He just had a great entrance. And honestly, he was good in that match. I love that match. I think... Andrade Cien Almas is so underrated. He is, because he's the new Tyler Breeze. He's so <laughs> good. Oh, my God. And Tommy End is that much better. Like, everything, like, he can do that hard-hitting style, and then you see him, like, go for a dive, flip off the ropes back mm-hmm. into the uh, into the pose. That was awesome. Yeah, he's... I feel like he's... He's got a lot of qualities that Tony Nese has. Only I think he has more of... There's more, like, charisma or something there. Yeah. Like, there's something else to him besides the physical aspect. It's not t- t- Tony Nese and his abs. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's more than Tony Nese's abs. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Alistair Black, Alo? I thought it was fun. Is it, the, the, entrance, the entrance was great. Um, I'll have to rewatch a lot of the match because... You know how, how I feel about them. Everybody's yelling. He's like, you look stupid. I was just like, yeah. So I'll, I'll have to rewatch the match because I don't remember a lot of it from the top of my head. But from the things I do remember, like I remember the moonsault from the outside, um, even in the closing sequence and almost. Almost is really good. It's just the fact that they have no idea what to do with him. He's basically the new Tyler Breeze. Yeah, that is, that is what he is. He's just there to put the new guy over at every takeover, yeah. which is a shame. I, and I, but I think that's because they've kind of already given up on him. He's just there for he's probably signed for a certain amount of time I don't like do you do you see that turning around ever well there's rumors of him coming up soon um, but then he'll still be Tyler Breeze then too yeah but at least he'll be Tyler Breeze at least he'll be able to do like main event and like other stuff if he has to you know well I, I think you've been on record before as 
saying like WWE has never known how to handle like a Hispanic talent. They don't remember Sin Cara. They tried so hard, and then he messes up once. He's screwed for the rest of the time. You know, like what? What do you think the blind spot is? Because it's not like they haven't had guys there. I think they just rely on stereotypes so much. Like, oh, this guy has to fly if he's wearing a mask. <laughs> or this guy's Hispanic, he has to, you know, throw Spanish words into his, you know, or Alberto Del Rio, oh, look at him, he has to be an aristocrat. You know, mm-hmm. like, there's just, they rely too much on stereotypes for the, for the you know, foreign talent. So I know that that's been a big thing uh, for a while about, like, WWE not having, like, a black world champion or, or black tag teams. You know, that there's been that talk before, too, that they don't know how to handle black talent either. I feel like they may have turned a corner with that in recent times with, like, the New Day taking off with Sasha Banks. Um, like, Rich Swan was the cruiserweight champion a little bit. But, but you are right. And I don't know if it's just that the writing team is probably all a bunch of white guys that wrote in Hollywood. And they don't know how to write for another ethnicity. But it, you do know that like, it is glaring that typically the people at the top always just happen to be white, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. I would like to see them because uh, we've been talking about Amos for a while. Like, what is his character? What is his, like, what is his uh, ring gear? Like, what is he supposed to be? Do you think they should have even took the mask off him? I don't, but so th- what happened was when he left Mexico, he already has his mask off. Oh, okay. So, so he I left there without He left there without his mask off. He lost a, uh, you know, mask versus mask match at Triple Mania. So, or at, um, yeah, one of the big events. So my thing is I think they should just let his ring work speak for him because the dude's phenomenal. And he gets over, he pops me every time. He just, like, hits the ropes and then goes and just, mm-hmm. like, relaxes on the ground. I pop for that every time. I think that if they just let somebody work, you know, eventually they'll get over. Yeah, he's got, he's got like, a ton of charisma in the ring. Like, if you take out promo work and whatever, whatever you have him say, if you just watch him in the ring, he makes you watch him. Like, he makes you interested in what he's doing. But it's just like they can't, I don't know, they haven't found something for him to actually do. But Like when he came in, he was just like, oh, this is a new guy. Like that was kind of his gimmick. It's like he's the new guy that came in. Well, they messed him up from day one because they put him against Ty Dillinger for his first day. Yeah, and he was <laughs> people didn't want to see him beat Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Hell no. And then they give him the mic and he has like, his English is awful because he has a lisp. Like, <laughs> Do you think there's any hope for them, like that being like a reclamation project or no? Well, yeah, maybe they should put a mask back on him and, like I said, just let him work. Yeah. These guys don't need to talk all the time. Look at Shinsuke. He comes out and he just does him, doesn't say a word. Biggest pop of the night. We even talked about with him, I guess, over the weekend, seeing all the Nakamura shirts around Orlando. Yeah. They're, like, pushing a lot of stereotypes with him, too, like a lot of Asian and Japanese stereotypes. Yeah, his shirts are awful. <laughs> WWE, do, do a good Shinsuke shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's time. <laughs> even if... I'd even pop for a, a Shinsuke tele, telescope shirt. I like when he does that, when he's looking at somebody in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think... Maybe the crowd took me out of TakeOver Orlando a little bit. I may consider watching it again. Actually, this is something I wanted to address with you. Uh, 
we've never really gotten to discuss it, but I mentioned my feelings on Roderick Strong. Like, he's just a wrestler. Yeah. And nothing else to him besides that. You told me there was stuff he did outside of Ring of Honor that was good, that I need to see, yeah. that he's awesome. And everything I've seen in NXT, I'm like, nope, he's just a guy that comes out and has a wrestling match. Like, that's <laughs> all he is. Um, I thought that he had some really, really great moments in that six-man tag with Sanity on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, there was like a period where he was in the ring for maybe six or seven minutes where he was just like, he was all over the place. He worked stiff. Yeah. He had a better angle slam than Shane did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that six or seven minutes, I was like, okay, I was, I was like, I see something here for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there's like a certain energy that he has that, that like actually caught my eye for the first time. So I will say, I, I haven't changed my mind yet. <laughs> But, like, a corner may have been turned a little bit. You'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the tide is turning a little bit, I'm, maybe. I'm make, I'm make that a goal for this year. <laughs> uh, the, the championship match, I know you didn't like that much. Only the crowd didn't the like crowd, it either. The crowd. So, I'm okay with the freedom of speech. So, the guy dresses Rick Rude, is telling mm-hmm. the guys to pick up the pace in the ring. Which they did need to. And then the idiot next to me is yelling at the guy, telling him he doesn't know wrestling. I'm like, dude, you can clearly tell that they need to pick up the pace. They're losing the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, the like when you have to tell somebody you don't know wrestling, you're clearly the one who doesn't know wrestling. Yeah. And wrestling is subjective. Like I said, you can say whatever you want. But there was no reason for them to be yelling at each other. Like... It was ridiculous. It totally took me out of the match. Yeah, me too. Like I, I got, I started getting that feeling again. Like God, like this is just not even fun to be at. I almost didn't want to stay for the send off, but I'm like, I have to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you you walked out of the seat quick. Yeah. Cause I was so pissed about like that shit made me mad. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy chilling up top, like talking about the referee. I'm like, dude, there's a wrestling match going on. Why are you, like, debating who's the best referee in NXT? Yeah, why are you sitting there amongst a group of people who I'd assume, for the most part, are pretty knowledgeable wrestling fans yeah. and trying to act like you're sitting there like the authority on wrestling opinion? He's like, oh, Drake is so good. I'm like, I know Drake. I've seen him in freaking CZW. You don't mm-hmm. have to tell me that already. <laughs> yeah. Alo, the women's title match. Men's championship match. Did they did they do anything for you? Were they kind of a letdown? Was the crowd the kind of the catalyst for you not enjoying the show that much? The NXT title match that I was like taken out of it. I, I, we've got mixed opinions on how it came across on TV. Mm-hmm. I haven't rewatched it. I don't really have a reason to rewatch it because yeah. going back to what I said about NXT, NXT's become so form- formulaic, and they have the same takeover main event. For two to three times in a row, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we could we could just easily pay that off on NXT TV for the second time. Th- right. th- that doesn't need to happen. The women's title match, I want to rewatch because I'm interested because I was trying to get into the match, but from being there live, it felt un- underwhelming. Did you rewatch that? They beat the shit out of each other. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Okay, because I'll re- rewatch that match. Yeah, I want to rewatch it because that was my second selling point takeover. Because I didn't care about Nakamura and Rude. My my two points were. The, um, the tag title match and this match because I've waited for this match since August mm-hmm. since um, Ember Moon came out in Brooklyn I, and I do like the way they ended it because with Ember about to set up the Eclipse and then Oscar knowing she's about to lose and she pushed the referee I like that and I actually lets that story continue so I do like that and who knows what we're going to get at the next takeover in Chicago with, yeah. with, between those two I like that that finish 
gave them some story, but also one of my concerns with NXT is like we've gotten to a point where we know if someone loses the title, it means they're going up to the main roster. Sometimes it starts to feel like the person winning the title is only winning it because the other person is leaving, not because they won or they're the top person. So what I think this does, because I had this concern about Ember Moon, I don't know if they made her feel like she's the next star of the women's division in NXT. I think what that match did and what that finish did was make it come across like, okay, she may be better than Asuka. She's the first person that got the better of Asuka. Asuka had to cheat to come out on top. So now when they have their rematch and Ember Moon does win, we already have kind of the, the story being told that like, oh yeah, Ember Moon had her beat. So it, it builds up Ember Moon a little bit stronger than she was going into the match. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I enjoyed the matches. For the most part, I had fun at it. I left there thinking I wish we would have gone to Ring of Honor instead. But um, TakeOver, for the most part, does typically deliver on match quality. We forgot to give our ratings for WrestleMania, so we might as well do that now. <laughs> uh, you want to refresh listeners' memories of our rating system? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it falls somewhere in the middle, it's a slobberknocker. If it's a fa- fantastic show, it's a showstopper. All right, so first prep your rating for WrestleMania. I may be biased because I was there, but I have to give it a showstopper. <laughs> showstopper. Yeah. Uh, I'm typically the stingiest with the showstopper rating. But the fact that it actually had tears coming out of my eyes, being there in attendance, I will also give it a showstopper. And from what I've heard, like I typically don't rush to judgment on a pay-per-view that I was in attendance for because there's a level of like fun you're having there that may not come across on TV. So I'll usually wait till I see it again. But the fact that most of the feedback I've gotten was positive on the show, like Derek McCauley has this in one of his top five WrestleManias. Alo, where did you say this one ranks for you? Two. Is it is this like high? It's up there for me with the recent WrestleManias for sure. Yeah, I think, I think it's been better than any wrestle. Well, I've seen since I started watching again. I saw thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, and thirty-three, and I put it right up there with Mm thirty. So, yeah, this was high for me. I'll also go showstopper, and then Alo. What about NXT Takeover Orlando? Slobberknocker. Yeah, it's a slobber knock. I can't call it a jobber. There's no way. Yeah, I will. If it had it. a match of the year candidate, it has yeah. to at least. Yeah, that alone gives it a slobber knocker. Uh, do you want to refresh people's memories on the Throwback Madness pick for April? Oh yes, Throwback Madness is my pick, of course. <laughs> my favorite show of all time. You'll hear me bloviate about it and <laughs> drool and everything about the greatness of Triple H The Rock. <laughs> Overbooking at its finest. Backlash 2000. <laughs> An overbooking masterpiece. It, Perfect. <laughs> uh, anything else we think we need to get into before we close it up? We have listener questions. Yes, we do. All right, we got a question from Donovan Aloha, Lloyd, no relation. Mm-hmm. Isn't it odd that Finn Balor came back and teamed with Rollins when he's the only, he's the one who hurt his shoulder? Huh? I didn't even think of that because I was so excited that Finn came back. It is weird, but we know WWE; they think we forget everything, which. In their defense, I actually did in this case. It's one of those like common enemy things, so I think that just we get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, I get it too. It was like, like you said, a common enemy thing. And then remember, 
um, the whole thing with Rollins was he didn't have a partner. It's like, I'll find you a partner. Yeah, Angle Book don't put him in that match. Yeah, it's not like Rollins He didn't come to him. save the day either. Yeah, and it, and it did like kind of like show some tension towards each other, but yeah. then Rollins raised his hand after the mm-hmm. match. He also asked, who do you guys think WWE will release this year? Man, I have no idea. Paige? <laughs> um, I really don't know. I'm, I'm not good at those thinking on my feet questions. I haven't been able to come up with anybody. Prep, who do you think? Yeah. Other than Simon Gotch. Yeah, I mean, Simon Gotch's gone. I, I assume a, Aiden a, English can't be far behind. So, I don't know, man. I think he's he's well-respected on the roster. Um, and I think he'll just flounder in mid-card obscurity. <laughs> but, um, yeah, as far as release, Paige is definitely one of them. And probably some of the lesser NXT talent that has been there a while that still haven't debuted. Um, I can't think of any names, but I'm sure there's like four or five people that they'll just let go. Shining stars, maybe? They're holding on to them for yeah. for whatever reason. Do we know what? The no, can, I'm, ju- I'm just trying to think of people that have not had anything done with them. Suck. Now, see, my thing is they've been they've been trying to push these guys for six years and it hasn't it hasn't worked once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Who did you say? I don't really have anybody like Paige. I think she just may get her third drug suspension on purpose yeah. to get at that contract. I already know they're not renewing even Marie's contract. But the people that I always say, I wonder why are just why are they there? They're mostly gone. It's already. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to think of. Like people that you're just like, what are you even doing? Because people that I would think, like they just got signed, like Gender, mm-hmm. Kurt Hawkins, like who are doing nothing. Like, I mean, they're on TV every week, but for what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for nothing. Yeah, like I would say Curtis Axel, but they like him. Yeah, and he's wrestling royalty's son. Yeah. I mean, and. You know, Triple H put him over. <laughs> uh, what else we got? All right, this is, this is from the Godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty. Mm-hmm. Oh, Triple H's biggest fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that Nakamura and the Hardys are the biggest stories post-Mania. I can't believe I'm saying this, but let Matt Hardy go crazy. Steve also will never happen with handcuffs. And please give Nakamura, t- Nakamura a, a title immediately. So, will they ruin this momentum? Do you believe that Roman Lesnar... Orton and Wyatt will continue as the main programs. I do believe that they'll be the main programs for at least the next month or two. But those are the two biggest stories of the weekend, I think. Other than The Undertaker leaving. Um, But he's not typically there anyway. So it's not like people are going to be like, oh, I miss The Undertaker being around because we wouldn't have seen him anyway right now. Yeah, the Hardys coming back are a huge story. Nakamura debuting, like I said... My buddy at work who doesn't really watch wrestling is, boom, hooked on just seeing Nakamura make an entrance, and that's it. That's all he saw. So those are the two biggest stories. I agree with him that they should let Matt Hardy do what Matt Hardy's been doing. It's been working. I think WWE can always stand to loosen the reins a little bit. Uh, I think they over, they're like micromanage these guys a little too much where it affects them negatively. So I definitely think let Matt Hardy do what Matt Hardy does. People are dying for it. People were loving it when they were in TNA. I think WWE, if they get behind it, could actually make it even better. What do you think, Prep? Yeah, I'm. I I like the idea of them giving them a reason to be broken. Mm-hmm. But if if it's over now, that doesn't mean that it'll be over in six months. So right. try to take care of it now before you lose the steam. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. Let 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 him free. Cause like I said, he got bit. This got big without WWE. Imagine what it can be with WWE. Mm-hmm. Like Vince can he can sell drones on WWE shop. He can have yeah. Vanguard ones sell, selling Vanguard ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, as far as um, as far as the momentum with um, or Roman and Lesnar, I, that may be a thing. But they also tease how Roman and Strowman still might be a thing, and why. And, and or and there'll be a thing until um, backlash in May. Even though I don't want to see that again, mm-hmm. I want it to be over with and move on to the next thing. His next the return of over underrated. Okay. First one, event posters. Okay. Overrated, underrated. I would say event posters are overrated. Because just being in access and seeing all those event posters hanging up in the rafters, there are a lot of forgettable event posters <laughs> with a lot of forgettable guys on them. So while some can be great, I think for the most part they're pretty hit or miss. Yeah, they're overrated. I think at times we focus on them too much. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why is this guy in the back? Why is this guy? Like, look, at least he's on there. Bray yeah. Wyatt wasn't <laughs> even on the Collector's Cup. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah that was ridiculous. Yeah, I'll say overrated, too, because sometimes the guy on the poster isn't even on the card. Because mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt was on the poster wasn't even on the card. Yeah. <laughs> which I found which I found real odd. Next one. Entrance ramp. I'll say the entrance ramp is underrated. Because the entrance ramp is literally, you get 45 minute, 45 seconds to 90 seconds to show everybody exactly who you are, uh, what you're about. So that's a very important, you know, piece of real estate. Where, like I said, you could tell a story about yourself. Some people, their walk down the ramp defines who they are. Some people have not a memorable one. So I'll say it's underrated. Because there's so much that you could do with just that entrance ramp. Yeah, it's underrated. Only because being at Mania. Or are we are we talking? Are we talking about specifically the WrestleMania entrance ramp? Do you think? I'm guessing because that's that's, that's what I'm guessing. I was thinking just the entrance ramp as a general thing, but now I'm realizing he's probably referring to the 80 yard LED entrance ramp at WrestleMania. Everybody went crazy for it. I'm still going to say underrated because that was a big part of the show. Yeah, it's like you get Raw so and SmackDown are so formulaic and you see the same thing every day, even when it gets to their brand-specific pay-per-views. So seeing that Mania one, it's like, wow. Like Obviously, I see why they don't do this every time, but I wish they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I took this as like the whole entrance stage mm-hmm. and as far as ramp two, it's underrated because just going to the stages because the stages like differentiate yourself from the main shows of Raw and SmackDown. I know why they I know why they do it to save money, but present the show differently and so it doesn't feel like Raw and SmackDown. Like we're reviewing Backlash, like Backlash was synonymous with the hooks swinging around. Um, Armageddon would have like the cars thrown on top of each other and, yeah. and things smash together. So. That kind of differentiates yourself, differentiates yourself from your main shows each week. And the ramp is underrated too because it gives you a chance to express yourself. I know Booker T on the Monday Night Wars episodes, he was always big about, hey, you might not always get time to talk, but when you make your entrance, make the best of it. When you walk down that ramp, talk. You should try to express yourself as much as you can to get personality out of yourself. So that's why I think the ramp is underrated. Yeah. 
All right. And lastly, a crowd. The crowd? Man. I mean, if you're going by my opinion of the crowd, you know what? Here's what I'll say, based on most of the things I've said about the crowd for the last year. After being in Orlando on Sunday, and, you know, kind of on the high of the Mania and SmackDown after, or the Raw and SmackDown after Mania, I'll go underrated for the time being, from my perspective, because that actually was a fun crowd to be a part of on Sunday. And... I felt like the crowd actually made Raw and SmackDown more fun to watch on TV. So in that specific vein, I will say the crowd is underrated. Yeah. The the crowd is definitely underrated. Just look at Mania alone. A match that really wasn't that bad. The, the Triple H-Seth Rollins match. But the crowd is quiet. You don't talk about that match that much because it's not memorable for, you know, how hot the crowd was. Yeah. So in that sense, for me, it's underrated. Um, I'll say underrated too because believe it or not a crowd can make you love a show and love a match and it can make you hate a match and hate a show real real easy and it can make matches that aren't that great great like you said about the about the Triple H Rollins thing I just think of the fact that we we were tired because we were for five hours already and just waiting for something to happen Mm -hmm. and and we needed something to cheer for but the crowd that's what make these shows go that's basically yeah, I could agree with that. Yep. And a qu- no, last question tonight from mm-hmm. my best friend. Okay. <laughs> After your statements last week in underrated slash overrated, and now three days removed from WrestleMania, do you feel as if you stand corrected? And where does this stand for your? And where does this stand for you in the WrestleMania saga? Me personally. All of us. Well, I think first. I think. Last time I was on the podcast, I, I said this card was overrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I have to change my stance because, you know, I said overrated on a lit, on a whim, but <laughs> this card was great. There was, like, one or two matches that were eh, but everything else was great. And I was there. So, for me being there, I will always have this, this card always holds a special place in my heart. I'll say the same thing. I definitely I definitely am singing a different tune now than I was when we discussed this two or three weeks ago, whenever it was. Um, there were certain storyline build-ups that I wasn't a big fan of. Obviously, there was one match I was very upset that I thought was going to be the main event. Um, I think ultimately it all it all kind of shook out on the positive end. It was an unbelievable time. It was fun to be there in person. From everything I've heard, it was fun to watch on TV. I read an article, it was a live blog, of a, a female who wrote, was writing for SB Nation. And the title was something along the lines of, I watched wrestling for the first time on Sunday, and I actually liked it, or something like that. This is a, a woman who's never watched wrestling before. She's watching WrestleMania as her first leap into wrestling. And she's giving her thoughts on the card... And looking at someone who has no idea what she's looking at, what she likes about it, what she's and the fact that she's saying wrestling is actually kind of cool. Like, they're telling stories. It's drama. It's athleticism. It's all these different things. And she said, you know what? If I knew this is what wrestling was like, I would have been watching it years ago. 
So someone who doesn't even watch wrestling, watching that show and enjoying it, tells you that this was a good WrestleMania. So where it stands for me in the WrestleMania saga, it's on the definitely on the higher end of the scale. Yeah, I was the only one that was high on this card. I try to, I try to, I try to tell you guys. I, I, th- I, I think I convinced Prep after I gave him my explanation <laughs> because I, I got what I expected. Like, it started out hot. We, we got the literally, we got literally the ultimate thrill ride. Yeah, ups and downs, loops and stuff, and got to, got to, got to the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I already knew Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. That was not going to be a clinic. That was supposed to be. That was more based on story. I knew Brock Goldberg. You you get what you're gonna get. You actually got something better than what you expected. You got ten minutes. You got they got ten minutes. I think, and it was just a just you you do the two things you could do and get out of there, which was which was a safe and, and like it or not, it was better than WrestleMania 20. So I I got I got everything you want in, in the moment with the Undertaker's being his final match. So we got everything we could possibly want from a wrestling show and a WrestleMania in getting all those moments. I agree. And we had one hell of a pit bull show. (laughs) We can all say that we saw a pit bull live. Yeah. And I know one thing I can check right off my bucket list right there. Seeing pit bull. And flow riding. That's true. And some other guy who I didn't know. Is it Lunchbox Lewis or something? Something dumb like that, yeah. Uh, Was there one more from the Godfather of the podcast? Oh, it was more of a statement. Well, what was it again? Before we get out of here, one more thing, please. Nakamura's debut gave me that gave me the chills. As an impact like that, I know his WrestleMania opponent for next year. Wait for it. Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> so very quick, yes or no from everybody. Triple H, Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania 34. Not a chance. Halo. No. I'm gonna say no right now. Because Nakamura's on SmackDown, but I'm not 100% sure. Because <laughs> I could see Triple H wanting to bottle up some of that Nakamura energy and charisma um, to put on his resume. So I'm not 100% convinced it won't be, but I'm pretty sure it won't be. Yeah, because you know Triple H has to win next year at WrestleMania. Yeah. He has well, to win. You'd, you'd think. Yeah, I'm almost positive he, he's going to win. No matter what the story is, I know he's, he has to win. Um, he lost two WrestleManias in a row, so he's not yeah. losing third. Yeah, he did. Uh, so I guess that's it for the show this week, the WrestleMania review. Uh, first thing I want to say is be sure to check out the Falls Count Anywhere podcast, uh, hosted by Derek McCauley and Russ D'Agostino. Uh, thank you, WWE, for putting on a great show on Sunday, for hosting a great weekend. Thank you, Orlando, for hosting a great weekend. Thank you to both of you for being a part of my experience that weekend. Uh, For Josh Prepaguina, for the voice that runs the place, for the European champion, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Bangor, Maine, until someone from that state downloads the podcast, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Talking all of day, talking all of day. Hop on the top rope, by the land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.